2: for tuning in to the hottest talk radio show around. Providing an open discussion for some of the most important social issues and trending topics today. From personal growth or spirituality to sex and relationships, no subject is ever taboo. So prepare to be empowered, enlightened, and entertained during another episode of the award-winning Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and friends. Real people, real topics, real talk.
3: Nothing to hold me down Gotta do it Cause
1: I may not get another chance I believe it Hey, what's up? Thank you for calling. Let's This is Thank Let's Face It with to. Will Strayhorn and Friends. Uh, it is Wednesday, July the 5th, 2017. I am so glad to be here on the campus coming to you live from WODU Studios on the campus of Old Dominion University. Have my girls in the studio. Um yeah. Miss, <laughs> we have Miss Paula B. and we have my girl Rhonda Errington. Hey, Rhonda, what it be like? Can you you said that? well, yeah, 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 yeah. Paula is, um she's taking care of something right now, so we, we're going to come back to her. But how's your how's your week going, Boo? It's going real
3: good. You know, um, one of the best things about my week is that right. I'll I don't have check a work week, so I can just kind of chill. And yeah. Outside of planned vacations or conferences. Chilling, so I'm enjoying my
1: summer. Oh, okay. I heard you said that you're okay. you're keeping your kids kind of busy, right?
3: Yes. For the little one, I'm not keeping okay. her too busy. But just um, take a Because like I can't, um, I can't make up my mind or make convince myself that it makes sense to pay for her to be in camp when I'm not working. Uh huh. Okay. But the older one, she's been in camps yes. and track, so
4: she's been pretty busy. Okay. 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 all right, all right.
1: What about you, Paula B? What's going on with you? How's your summer going? Oh my! You, you, you stay busy anyway. So how's how's everything going?
0: Everything's going well. I'm having a blast. I um, took a couple of things off my bucket list um, this week, this weekend.
1: Like what? Like
0: I got <laughs> a <laughs> yeah. I got a um, tattoo
4: uh-huh.
0: um, of Mickey Mouse. You looking forward, Rhonda? Oh of Mickey Mouse holding one of my favorite things at Apple. I, on Tuesday, I went to the um, shooting range. I oh, had a right. blast. You that, saw my meme I put up there. I yes, was like, oh, that was Lord. laughing.
1: I said, oh, Lord. That that's
0: was amazing. It's really loud. Have you ever
1: shot a gun before?
0: I never. It was your first I, time? That was my first so, time.
1: Now, is, is it something you can shoot? With? I've never shot a gun. That's one of my biggest fears. <laughs> so, is it? Can you do it with one hand, or you have the hold?
0: You have to hold it. You have to hold it cause it's because it's heavy. Because it's got a kick a to it. Yeah, yeah it's the pushback. Yeah. You know, I was watching my hair bounce as I did it, but then after a <laughs> while, you know what I mean. I got the hang of it. I got the hang of it. Yeah. And I then
3: on once. I could shoot a um, a
0: rifle better than I could the handgun. And I, me as well. It was a AR something. I I uh-huh. think he said. And um, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm definitely going back. I um Tiffany Tiffany and Company has this amazing, sexiest looking gun ever. So
1: what I does it look like it's,
0: that... it's got the Tiffany blue Are color. It's silver. Really? Oh yeah. I'm I'm gonna get my um permit. license my permit. Yeah.
3: I went to a gun show and they had these guns and um <laughs> they were called I don't know if they were called this or not. I don't know if I saw something on TV about the judge and the jury. They're like these revolvers. So I decided that I was going to get me two revolvers, two Smith and Wessons, the old school guns, and I was going to name one Judge and the other one the Jury, and walk around like I was back in the Westons. Meet the Judge and the Jury. <laughs> you are bam, so funny. <laughs> it was um,
0: it was exciting. I I, I was just my uh, niece. I went with my niece and nephew, uh-huh. and they said they said that they didn't think I was going to do it and um, they thought I was going to be all scared and because uh, of the noise because I had on the ears and the eyes, and um, I just went in there and did my thing.
4: Ooh. It
0: was noisy, though.
1: So after you – and you had the things on your ears, right? Yeah, I
0: had the ears on, yep.
1: So after you did that, after you shot, did you feel empowered at all?
0: I did. I felt I felt different. I was like, hmm, um, I can really do this. Because I saw
1: the little thing that you shot. You were shooting some little dangerous y- areas. Yes. Well, did you um, mean to shoot down there? No. No,
0: I was – no, like, well, one, uh, one target – when it came back, I didn't have any holes in it. I'm like, what?
1: <laughs> Did you shoot with your eyes closed? No, my eyes are open. It's, is it my, hard to aim?
0: It's hard to aim. Because you
3: have to look through that little scope. Scoop. Yep. And then you got to find Scoop the red dot on the gun. Yeah. And yeah. Like, Sometimes it's just a little space on the top of it. Right. And you have to, like, focus in.
1: And you think you're seeing something. Oh, I thought you are supposed to do it over, like, the tip. That's probably an old-fashioned gun. The little tip on the gun.
0: Well, they do have a little yeah. tip on the gun. Yeah. They right. still do that, but they still have that. Like she said that little window, really? and they have that red light. So you oh, have to man. We gotta push go. The, Yeah, you got to push the um, point, the light where you where you want to shoot. Mm-hmm. Right. So I did a lot of headshots. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm
1: gonna put that on the list. I'm yes, put that. put that on the list. <laughs> you know, we started so, the the TV show in September, and I'm looking for, on location things we right. can do. And I think seeing me in the gun range, and that's like my second next to snakes, I think that would be a hoot.
0: Oh, it yeah, that would be a yeah. You scared of snakes? Now, I've held a bowl constrictor before. Really? Yes. I don't, know I don't know
1: why. why. Do, they, do they bite, though?
0: No, because he was already he, Well, he had already eaten. So, because he had already eaten... You never
1: ate nothing after you ate before?
0: I'm not a snake. I don't a
4: snake. <laughs> <laughs> so, I but it was weird. weird. It's, they're heavy.
3: Before, yeah. Or, or alligator. Which one? Where was a big snake? I don't know which one it was. Which one is smaller, the crocodile or the alligator?
0: I don't know. They look rather, I think both the of them are rather large is to me.
1: Larger.
3: Okay, well, it was an alligator. Does it really negate the fact that neither that, one of those yeah, are small animals? Exactly. Right, exactly. But this snake what, ate it, and uh, it took on its shape—the shape of the alligator. You can see it going in. How do you that's break that down? That's disgusting. It must take him months to break right? that down. Oh,
1: that's gross. So,
0: so you could you
3: greedy. could have held him after that. With greedy. Yeah. 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 Mm hmm.
1: Okay, so what's been going on in the news? So, first of all, we have, um, we have two guests coming on the show today, actually, because um, we are, what, three weeks left mm-hmm. until the end of the summer series. I can't believe it's almost over. Yay. Coming um, in September, the fall, mid September, we'll have the radio show and also the video TV show coming out. So, it's going
0: to be great. I'm, excited, I'm about excited about that. About that. that. Yeah, me too.
4: Yeah,
1: I yeah. have some stuff to share with you. Me and me, Nikki been working on it this week um it's gonna be fun a lot of fun. A lot of laughing a lot of yes a lot of laughing good, good.
4: A bit of
2: fashion good. that's what i yeah. like uh-huh. we just yeah we're speak. gonna have fashion seconds yeah. we're gonna work with patricia
1: yeah um a lot of things i don't want really to give too much out yet so i can yeah. reveal it all at one time but the website's up you can go to live with com. um also on facebook our facebook page is up not too much information on it but those things are already up yeah, you gotta you keep check out a secret so you can yeah be reveal. surprised yeah, review, yeah. yeah it's gonna be nice Right. But tonight we have um Angel Davis, she's coming on to talk about dealing with life after loss. And then we have Kim Sayers Giles who's gonna come on to talk to us about um living a life without fear.
3: Oh, um, okay.
1: Living a full life. And I know like that's big song. on your list right now. What
3: right. which one? Um Living It was a biggie lyric. Living uh. life without fear, putting two carrots in my baby girl's ears. Something oh yeah, like that. yeah, yeah, yeah,
4: yeah.
3: Only rondin <laughs> <laughs> with
4: like that Go, Go. <laughs> uh, uh, hey. Hey. hey 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 okay you <laughs> gonna bring it in <laughs> okay okay okay
1: so let's see let's see it's a couple things i want to talk to you about me too before you know we have our first call in but let's 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 get to this right here so gabrielle union you guys knew that i didn't know that dwayne wade had dwayne wade had cheated on her yes. you know what the break
3: baby you talking about beyond the break baby? Baby, he's cheated on
1: her. No. What break baby? The what ba- the, the you talking about? Yes, break baby. baby. Uh-huh. Why do you call it a break baby?
3: Because he had a baby while they was, hey. was well, on oh, break. Oh yeah, there was on break. Yeah, yeah, they was yeah. exactly. Yeah. So yeah. this is old.
1: Yeah. Because I saw because what, what I saw, I'm in this group on Facebook and we have juicy conversations, um, but they were talking about um, what was the title? It was two women um, that are happily married because they didn't let a little cheating ruin the relationship and they're talking about Gabrielle and Dwayne Wade and also Vanessa and Kobe Bryant um, so basically they were saying you know can you forgive your spouse's infidelity to maintain your marriage or relationship or do you think these two cases was because of fame and wealth
3: well um, I, I think that those two cases you, you have to realize that, though, that you can't compare those to everyday life mm-hmm. first of all with Vanessa's situation if any of us I, well, I'll just speak for me if I was Vanessa Bryant uh-huh. and my husband was doing all that he was doing, uh-huh. I need to make sure my money isn't in, in, in the right place before I leave. Uh-huh. It wasn't no easy, like, you know, it ain't that serious, <laughs> <but> that, <laughs>
4: yeah.
3: You know, it was more going into it than that. And they forget about that. And then Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade, they weren't, they were, two things. It, I could I care less about them being on a break, but uh-huh. they weren't married. right? So she decided to continue on in a relationship with him and get married to him Um, After He didn't cheat on her when she was his wife. Mm -hmm. So I don't think we can really talk about them because they are celebrities and they have maybe different things at stake, whatever. But I think, because I know a friend of mine personally, it's funny because I want to talk about this too. I was going to talk about break babies. Mm -hmm. A friend of mine Mm -hmm. um, is going through a similar situation where she was was with someone and... um, had a tumultuous time, and they kind of split a little bit. And during the split, um, he had he cheated. We'll just say he cheated, mm-hmm. and now the consequences or the uh, the fruit of his cheating is now jeopardizing their relationship. And so now she's they're in a they're in a troubled place. Um, but they're not married. They were just they were dating, but they were engaged. But I think as a married woman. Mm-hmm. So I said that part to say that I think it's happening more rapid than we want to admit it, about um, people having to deal with the repercussions of a cheating relationship. Uh-huh. But I I think, and I was just telling my um, my husband about this. I think if you're unmarried, and Paula, you can tell me how you feel about this too. If you're unmarried and you che- and and we're together and you cheat on me, then we're going to have some stuff we're going to go through to mm-hmm. build on trust. Uh-huh. But if we're unmarried and you cheat on me and there's a baby involved, nah, I might not be as willing to go forward with you as your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. If we are married and you cheat on me, I think we need to go to the root to see what's really going on here. What Do happen? you have mm-hmm. thottish behavior? And you just like to be like Eric Benet? Mm-hmm. If I could be Jay-Z. you and Eric. Okay, you right. and Jay-Z. If I could be like Jay-Z. yeah, uh-huh. Or... Is there something going on where you know i'm 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 only inviting you into that intimate place once a month mm-hmm. and you have expressed to me that you want more rightfully so mm-hmm. and I'm not not excusing the fact that you cheat, mm-hmm. but is there something that I need to take responsibility for, and we can work through this okay that's one thing if you do that and then you have a child now we got to consider a whole lot of things. Mm-hmm. Our family dynamic mm-hmm. is changing. Mm-hmm. So, I don't even know if I'm answering the question. I think that it's not a... It's a gray area. I don't think that you can say that people are saying, it. what's the big deal? Cheating, we'll get over it and we'll move on. Mm-hmm. I think there's so yeah, much there's stuff certain, that...
1: So many dynamics to it.
3: Right.
0: What
1: do you say? Cause, I, I, mm-hmm. go, go, go ahead. Because no, no, I, I had some more to add to that. But yeah,
0: I, I mean, I, I agree with you. But the thing of it is, it's... Um, There's many marriages that there's been infidelity and they have moved forward. I have a friend that I went through it and um, it was tough. Right. But what I found was that she said that it made their relationship a lot closer. But I've heard this multiple times. And I think what happens is you when you have that deep, deep love for somebody and you look at them, you know, it's not always the wife that made you go out, I'm just saying the wife, I'm not the wife that made you go out to cheat because Mm -hmm. she's not doing, that's something that you wanted to do. Right. And and that's what, that's what the decision that you made at that time, Mm -hmm. you may have been going through a midlife crisis. And I find that a lot of times that it is that, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Right. You're having a midlife crisis and, uh, and you know, you're trying to find your individuality and you just at, at this place at that time. So if your spouse, you know, you sit down and break it down to him. I, I, I'm just at this place right now. It doesn't even have anything to do with you. It has to do with me trying to find myself and trying to find my own individuality. Yes, you can move on because there's, and that's what they have counseling for to help right. you get through that, mm-hmm. to get to the root of the problem. It's always not the other person. Nine times out of ten, and I've read this, it's really you.
3: Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I, I definitely, I... I uh, co-sign on that. I think it would be harder with a child involved. It would be harder to move on. No, doesn't mean it's impossible. Mm-hmm. But I've I've seen so many people where their relationships became richer. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously these were two people who decided that they wanted to fight and push past this thing. Right. You know. Um. You know. I, I went to a um a class once and someone said that when things like that happen, sometimes there are hoops that you have to jump through mm-hmm. to get past this, but You shouldn't put fire on those hoops. Mm -hmm.
0: Right. You know. You have to be able to communicate and when you if you feel as though that your own self you're drowning because I watched Oprah show and I'll never forget this. I'm not responsible for Will's happiness My right. husband is not responsible for making me happy I'm responsible for my own happiness right. And I have to find that mm-hmm. Because when you're happy Then everything else is in your life Is going to be happy right. But the thing of it is Is that when you start growing Not when you're together But you grow individually right. So you may be up here But I'm right here But I'm awake, if I really love you I'm going to wait for you to get where it is That right, you need right, to be right. Because when it was your turn you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I waited. Mm-hmm. I waited for you well, to, 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 to go
1: through all of that. Yeah. Well, let's go back to when there's a baby involved. Now, would you, do you think hypothetically, would you be that woman who would be pressuring him not to be involved in that baby's life? Cause I have a, a relatives who, you know, he has a sneak around to, to even be
4: involved. No.
3: And that's when you know that you can no longer be a part of his life Okay, because if, if um, I learned a, a new word a few months ago from Levanza, Uh-huh. a snipe. <laughs> Yo, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now you're being a gut snipe.
4: <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. You know
3: because that child does not deserve to not have right. because you were betrayed. Mm-hmm. That child's relationship and your relationship are two separate things. You you can demand that they don't spend time with the mother of the child, mm-hmm. but not the child. You know. For me, I'm not going to ever say anything with absolute. But if in a marriage, and my husband cheated on me, and the result of that was another baby. Mm-hmm. We would need some time apart for me to really see if I could deal with the embarrassment, mm-hmm. if I could deal with the jealousy. Because that's what it is. I'll be jealous of the time you're spending with that child, is taken, in the and the time that the children that we have. And even though I have siblings who were a result of mm-hmm. those same situations, but I know their story. Mm-hmm. I know how they felt. Mm-hmm. You know knowing that Daddy was over there with his family and I only got to see... They only got to see him, you know, with the
0: leftovers. You know? Right, right. Right. That, I mean, I, I'm in that situation now. What? Remember, I told you last right, time I told right. you guys that my, my sister Tiffany... Mm-hmm. Right. So she was asking me, like, a whole lot of questions like, well, what was he like, you know? Did you... And i I did kind of feel bad because she didn't have an opportunity to share and take right, part right. Of our, in our life. So mm-hmm. the thing of it is, is that I feel though it's, it's not the kid's fault right. at all. He didn't have, he or she didn't have anything to do with it. So that's when you step outside of yourself and um, think outside the box. And like this kid didn't have anything to do with it. He should know his brothers and sisters. Right. So if we, if I know that, I had an affair with your husband, but I ended up getting pregnant, but there's no love loss. We're not together anymore. So at some time when you get over your hurt, right? you understand, when you get over your pain... Um, we should all sit down mm-hmm. and talk about it because it's not just, and we forget, we always think it's just the adults. We forget about the kid over the kid, here. Yeah. They always forget about the kid yeah, because yeah. we're too absorbed in True. how we're feeling.
3: Right. So we don't need to come together. So and, the kids, I mean, and then I, I'm sure we will move to another topic. I was reading, and it's an, it's an old, old story, like 1987 story. Jermaine Jackson having a baby with his younger brother with um, Randy Jackson's. Randy Jackson had a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. They had a, a baby together. Mm-hmm. Jermaine decided he liked it too. Oh, got her pregnant and married her. Oh, so wow. the children are cousins and brother oh, and sister. Wow.
1: No, I, didn't, I never
4: knew that. Story. And
3: mm-hmm. not only did that when he was married to Hazel, he had another relationship with his other woman. And they had babies eleven months apart. Mm-hmm. And Jermaine would take the outside baby and bring him around to Jackson's, and he would tell Hazel that he had this one night affair, and the lady didn't want the baby, and he just wanted the baby to be around. And Hazel was welcoming to it. To one day, and telling the other lady that you know he that his other kids are really that they really love this baby, and that Hazel's not in the picture anymore, living his double life. Anyway, one day he had the baby too long, and she called his house. Only to find out Jermaine wasn't there. Anyway, long story short, Hazel and whatever the other lady's name is, and she's written a book, they became friends and began to co-parent in a way. That, you know, they would set a visitation between her kids and the other kids so the mm-hmm. kids would grow up. But Jermaine was going around having babies, and you're not thinking about the children, like especially the ones who are cousins and siblings. Yeah. yeah. Just splashing sperm right. around. So I'm wow. just, I am I made that point to say, yeah. like what Paul is saying, we don't think about what everyone is not considering the children.
1: The children, yeah, and the effects that they go through. And
3: the effects that they go through because yeah.
0: um, Tiffany's like 40, and she's right. still um, dealing, with that. dealing with that.
1: And you don't know yeah. how that's affected her relationship with men throughout the years. Right. right. Yeah. With who? Men throughout the oh. years. Yeah. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. No, she's a lesbian. Oh, right? Yeah, oh, cool. I like, she, you, We but, know how that's affected her relationship therefore. with me <laughs> yeah.
3: throughout that's the how year. Like, she ain't got no I relationship with no man. Okay, well,
1: well, okay, no. all right. So maybe she likes you know Butch. Okay, let's go on. So, okay, so, look, I want to add on to that though because Gabrielle she said that she faulted herself for um, Dwayne Wade being um, unfaithful. So this is what she said. She said that um, the, the fact that she, he impregnated another woman, um, she said, was let me see, because her acting schedule got in the way of their relationship, and the distance between them caused Wade to stray. She said, when Dwayne and I broke up briefly in 2013, it was because of distance and scheduling. She said, I was finished filming the, the a show, then I flew to Vegas right away to start shooting Think Like a Man 2. Um, I should have taken time off. I missed some quality time together with him that he that we both desperately needed. Union doesn't believe that men are innately wired to cheat. Instead, she believes that the 31-year-old NBA superstar stepped out on her because she wasn't affectionate enough or available to him when he wanted to get frisky in the bedroom. Okay. Could you be a S- woman enough to, to say that?
3: Uh, that's not about okay. women. It's, I thought, wait, it's, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what i Because...
0: Why does she have to make all those allowances? Why didn't he follow get her. Get off the court, follow get, get off the court and go see where she was at? Cuz they're both she was professional, right? They're both professional people and have stringent schedules. And and in that this is why I'm saying about the whole sandbox mm-hmm. theory. Mm-hmm. If you under, this is what we do, we have this understanding and we decided we're going to do this. So you're telling me that you're just that weak and that lonely that you had to go get somebody, and you got all that paper that you couldn't hop your behind on the jet and said, "Let me go see my woman because she's filming." Right, and let me take a step. Are you further. kidding me? But see, they, this is <laughs> right. This is what makes me angry because it's always about that. I'm sorry, making the man feel special, stroking his ego. When do we come into play? Who's going to stop and make us feel special? When are right. you going to do something for me to make me feel like I'm a queen? It's always about we need – a woman always has to do all these well, – I'm not saying that that we don't love our man, but the thing of it is is that when is it
3: our turn? Right. You know, I mean, take responsibility for where you may have fell short, but not like that. Yeah, not you like know, that. Because there has to be – especially when they both have the resource,
4: mm-hmm. that,
3: that that's something that maybe they both failed. And if you're having sex with someone basically in a revenge because I'm not having sex with you, number one, that's childish. Number two, I don't, this is, now, this is, we can talk about this or we don't have to talk about this. You so pissed off with me that you, that you even lost a common sense enough to put on a condom? Come Ooh. on now. You know, you that angry and that frustrated. You didn't just cheat. You cheated um, with, without a condom on. Yeah, but that he he didn't cheat. He made
0: a conscious decision right. to do what it is that he wanted to do. He, I can't say the word, messed with her mind to make her think that it was her fault because you were not available for me. Right. You were not here to meet my needs. But check this out. Her needs were not being met. But she was good with it. She handled her business. She was on her grind. And she didn't go see anybody.
1: I have my own Cause, okay, so number one, there's a ten year age difference between them two.
3: That's and, and she probably scared because yes. she's older than him. She might she feels like I look. And young. then she
1: has this great trophy. That's what I think. Just in following her through the years and seeing she the relationships right. that she's been through. I mean, he's Dwayne Wade. So you know? I mean, but I think he's, he's up here. I mean, she's she's uh, her career hasn't been Holly Berry's career. Her career is not Taraji P Henson's career. Um, I just think you know. She said, "Okay, well, you know, I'm sure behind the scenes was a little bit more, but that's well, what she Well, then you put have to out.
3: also think about the relationships that she had. Did she have did she have one or two failed marriages? Just one?
1: I think it was one. Just and one. And then she was the relationship. I believe before Dwayne was like really bad. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I mean, she could have had her own insecurities, and yeah. I mean, we all have our own we insecurities. All we all do. But what we can't do, we can never allow someone. And I'll get the line wrong because I, I got it from Best Man, but we can never allow someone to define us in the meaning of which how they think we should be or who we should be. You should be able to define yourself by who, like you were saying about this midlife crisis, individuality, you should be able to define yourself. Mm -hmm. You should be able to sustain happiness and fulfillment. True. You don't need to be defined, I didn't give him the time that he needed. Okay. But, right, that's what I'm saying.
0: I, I... when I, when am I going to get my time? When am I going to get what I need? When am I going to get my strokes? Because right. we're so busy stroking, 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 stroking. You know what I mean?
4: When, but do we, when, I mean,
1: this is a little vague. We don't know whether he did make trips because it would have been a two-way thing, you know. If she's well, I mean, it's always two sides. Well, it's three sides people to a going story. going back and forth. We don't know what efforts he made.
3: Right, and I'm not going to I would him. hate
1: to think that he did absolutely nothing.
3: But I would also hate to think that sleeping with someone else outside of the person who you say you only want to sleep with uh-huh. that anyone would make someone else say that you basically forced me to do it
4: right because it's okay. a choice mm-hmm. and right she
3: took him and strapped him down mm-hmm. and jumped on him and said you gonna <laughs> do yeah. this you know Release. don't yeah. nobody is making anybody these are choices
4: yes yeah. Right. right. It's conscious decisions. Right. It's conscious right. decisions. I and
0: you know, I, I've heard a lot. Well, because you didn't do this, because you didn't do that, because you didn't do this, 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 this is why I did this, 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 this and that. So when the tables turn and you're saying, because you didn't do this and because you didn't do that, I did this, this, this. And that. You got to take that like a G, right? You got to be able, because, because you're saying that it's okay. You know, you understand what I mean? And it doesn't work that way, but it should work that way because you're making me feel this way. So I decided to do this, this, this,
3: this, and that. Yeah, because, I mean, if we're being honest, in the words of Coach, if we're being Mm -hmm. honest, Mm -hmm. yeah, there might be some ownership when you feel. Because I've been in in situations where I can understand where people want to go over here. I've been there Mm -hmm. myself Mm -hmm. (laughs) quite a few times. Mm -hmm. But, uh, (laughs) um... (laughs) <laughs> and but you have to take ownership. You can't make it their fault. It's not your fault I did it. Yeah. But I want you to understand that when you set this atmosphere, that's that atmosphere set me and set this feelings inside of me in motion. Mm-hmm. Now I made the conscious decision whether or not I would do or not do.
4: True. You know? Mm-hmm.
3: So there's some ownership that you do have to take take in um how we got here. Mm-hmm. But I can't take ownership in what you chose to do. Mm-hmm. Right? You, I, you're right. You're absolutely
0: right. You know, don't blame me. You understand what I mean? I'm, because I, I think I'm at the place right now. I, like I was telling Will, I'm all about the shelf life. Just mm-hmm. got me. It's really got me on edge. You know, I, I made a therapy appointment, and I, you know, I'm I'm very transparent. And I'm not, I'm proud that I'm, I'm tomorrow. I'm, right? Yes, I'm going tomorrow. I'm really excited <laughs> about it. Let me know excited. how I go. We're, like, going, I'm we're going after the, I'm the show. I'm <laughs> therapist
3: myself. I'm going to
1: take her after the show and just leave her there, yeah.
0: And because um, it's like I'm just feeling, like, really weird. Mm-hmm. I'm not feeling
1: like myself. It's like. Um, Have you talked to anybody who's your age? Who I, don't, I wonder if it's something that people are wired to. Because I know going to my 40s, I was just acting kind of. I think that was my midlife um, situation going into my 40s. I would just be wondering if this is something that you just naturally go to as you're approaching your age.
0: I, I, I'm not sure because, you know, all I, every day I, I get up and i was like, you know, my shelf life is short. It's like I, now I'm trying to rush everything. Oh, that's it's what you
3: like, mean by shelf life. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I it's like, it's not like I'm going backwards. You know, I, I just,
3: I, I guess at this point, you I like just... You facing your mortality.
0: Yeah, and like I just want to just enjoy myself and I just want to... Not to a fault, but it's just it's just so many things that I just wanna do, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? This this freedom that I'm feeling, you right, know what I mean? Right. And um it's just got me feeling really weird about myself.
1: Do you and, want a red sports car?
0: No, I don't want to do that. Okay. I I think there's nothing else. I mean, I just want to uh, Sarah and I were going to this Kazuma class because everybody knows that I love to dance a lot. Uh-huh. And I think that at this stage in my life, which I don't think anything's wrong with it, I just really want to enjoy myself. You know, I worked every day. I was thinking about it when I was like 12, 14 years old. I had to work on tobacco. That's when I started. Oh
1: yeah, you know, I did that too. Yes, it country. was terrible. Yeah, I Oh, yes, my parents shame. made me do it because they did it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, and do you, you know, feel like you sacrificed that? Yes. Oh, Okay. You know,
0: I've I've been working, babysitting. You know, I get up and go to work every day. Uh, you yeah. know, and it's just it, it's like this new birth. It's like I'm being birthed all over again. Right. Mm. And it may be a short span of time that I'm going
3: through this phase. Mm. I don't know why I'm going through it. But it's just making you're enlightening, you know. You're mm -hmm. enlightening. your new awakening. But I mean, there's nothing wrong with seeking further, deeper, and to see what more is. Could it be interconnected to something else? I think it's good.
1: The root to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What
3: what
0: I'm trying to find the root to why I'm feeling um, this way. Like I just want to just run. You know, if you ever watched the the Sound of Music, yeah. And how she's just running down the fields. You You
1: want that moment.
0: Yeah, I, I want that moment. Yeah,
1: You want the short haircut? No, that? I don't want that. we can do that next time. No, week. no, you're trying to give me a <laughs> kill. <laughs> 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 all right, you know what? Our, our first guest is on the line, Miss Angel Davis. First of all, she has a promotion for all of our listeners. Any listener of the LFI radio show interested in coaching will receive a complimentary 30-minute consultation. They will also receive a 20% discount off their first hour of coaching or a bonus session if you choose a 4, 8, or 12-session package. Just make sure that you... Uh, mentioned that you are a listener of LFI radios in order to receive that promotion. Not right, uh, Angel right. Davis, she is going to talk to us about dealing with loss. So um, Angel Davis is a certified life coach and has a BFA in theater from the university of Oklahoma. Her coaching specializes in purpose driven life. I like that relationships and loss. All my favorite topics. Um, she's direct real and a force and does, does it all with a smile and a noted sense of humor. <clears throat> so we're going to welcome to the store, the, to the station, I'm sorry, Miss Angel Davis, how are you? <clears throat> Getting choked up. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. So wh- wh- what's your personal connection with loss?
4: I don't
5: know. And um and so, you know, that really took a toll on our family cuz we have a very small family and that was kind of the beginning of a of being shook up. If mm-hmm. you will, I had had losses of grandparents, but those are expected, you know what I mean? Right. And this was the first kind of what just happened moment and then um in 2014, I lost my husband to a rare cancer. Oh wow. And um I was 37 when that happened, and uh, I had a, you know, I have a daughter, um, and then last year I lost my father, my grandmother, and uh, my mother-in-law. In the same year? Um, all, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So what happened was it just became compacted grief,
4: mm-hmm.
5: so I just had a couple of years of just serious. You know, the heavy hitters—your mm-hmm. husband, your dad. You know, um, and uh, yeah. So I certainly feel like I have some experience with loss.
4: Okay. Wow. Well,
5: God. And I had bless- a miscarriage. I forgot to miss. Oh,
3: oh man. man! Well, God That's bless what you. You know. Off. Thank yeah. you. There has definitely been purpose to your pain, and yeah. and we are definitely getting reaping the benefit of how you are assisting and helping others navigate through their own pain. Uh, What do you think has been the biggest lesson? And I'm sorry, I'm Rhonda. Uh, What has been the biggest lesson? How are you doing today, Angel? (laughs) I'm good. Awesome, awesome. Me too. What's the biggest lesson you've learned from all this loss? The biggest lesson
5: I've learned is I'm not special. Mm Um. And I can't tell you how much that has impacted me. Is yeah. I'm not special
4: mm-hmm.
5: in that, and what I mean by that is that um, this wasn't personal. You know right. what I mean? Like we like when things like this happen, our go-to as human beings is to say, you know, well, why me? Yeah. Right, and, and right. I didn't deserve this or whatever. Um, and I really got through this that well why not me right Mm -hmm. you know what what makes me different than you nothing i'm i'm a creature on this earth just like anybody else and um and for some reason i found comfort in that in the knowing that you know this is a part of it this is a part of our journey and that nobody really escapes the evolution of life you know the ebbs and the flows nobody escapes that um So it made me feel more connected somehow that I wasn't singled out, Mm -hmm. that the world wasn't out to get me, you know, that the universe or God or, you know, if you believe in a higher power, that I wasn't being made an example of, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And then it made me realize in that loss, take, for instance, my husband, um, which was a real a real thing to get through but through that it made me also go okay but so i lost my husband but his mother lost her son
2: right you know his brothers
5: lost their sibling my daughter lost her father um you know he had friends he had a whole community who loved him and they're all going through it so i'm not special Mm -hmm. um I'm just, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just like they are. Mm -hmm. And and therefore we all can sort of be and go through this together.
4: Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. Hi, Angel. How are you? My name is Paula. Hi, Paula. Hi. Um, What were some (laughs) of the key things you did to get through all of that loss? Mm. Uh,
5: I would say not resisting my feelings.
4: Okay. Um,
5: You know, I, I feel like, you know, people go two ways. We either go like so, just, uh, you know, where you just you can't get up, you can't whatever, or we go to the opposite extreme where you, uh, you just sort of ignore it. You just keep busy. Yeah. And um, and I always say, you know, you probably heard this: what we resist persists. Right. Um. So any that if I didn't feel like doing something, I didn't do it. Um, I just, I allowed myself to feel whatever it was that I was feeling. And it, you know, and it never, so it never got out of control. um, But I never fought it. Also, I, for me, I'm a social person. And it helped me to be around people that I love that love the person that I lost. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I know some people find that off-putting. They can't be around them because, it, you know, it reminds them yeah. of the person. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you kind of have to find that for yourself, and I would say in that case, don't do it. Again, you know, um, don't force yourself into doing something. But for me, I found comfort in that because then I can talk openly about it. Right. Um, and we could sort of share in this thing together. Like I said, my community was so important. Um healthy eating and exercising and self care. Oh, um, and dancing. Oh my god, dancing. 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 Um, I love to dance. I love it and I, I I mean literally if it's just me putting on music saying I gotta get out of this funk and I'll put on music and dance until I sweat because it just it made me feel better and wow. I know a lot of people this that's you know, grief is a time, it's an excuse mm-hmm. to not do any of those things.
4: Mm, to, it to go used. the opposite, mm-hmm, to mm-hmm.
5: Eat, eat what we want, do what we want, because, you know, we justify, mm-hmm. I'm hurting. And um, I knew it was important to do just the opposite of that, which was to maintain what I'd always done, mm-hmm. um, to exercise, because, you know, I mean, the mind, I mean, we, the mind is a tricky thing.
3: You know, and you just made a point um, when you just said about grief, and so... Do you feel that there's a difference between mourning and grief? Um, I guess a two-part question, but a uh, difference between uh, mourning and grief, and is there, per your opinion, a, a certain way you're supposed to act after, your, after a loss? Mm. Mm.
5: Um, yeah, there is a difference between mourning and grief. Um, one of them has the ability to end. Um, and i say has the ability because I think mourning – at some point becomes a choice
4: mm-hmm.
5: um, in that but it's, it's the first part of the experience the morning that's, that's the, the real dark period the grief never goes away you don't I mean one, per, one minute that person's there and the next minute they're not and you can't forever be changed by that Yeah, I think it's sort of silly to expect people when we say things like well you should get over it
4: Mm-hmm.
5: what you're really referring to what people are really referring to I think is the mourning aspect of that but you have to understand that grief never goes away that right. that person has forever left a void there
4: Ooh, okay. um,
5: you just manage it I mean you manage it right. but it's silly to say we're going to one day wake up and be like oh that's fine I'm good now right. I'm good without Correct. that person in Correct. my life no you'd rather have them in your life but what you're good is through the morning process,
2: mm. you're able
5: to get up. You're able. You're. you You know. You are. When I say that uh, choice, I, I kind of talk about this sometimes about being an active participant in your life, but but that is what it is. Morning. You, you. There comes a point where you know and you understand. Do I want to feel like this every day?
1: Mm-hmm. And those are the and, same and feelings. And if I don't, that you not okay. only go through in losing a, a person, also in relationships, you go through those same
5: relationships. St- yeah. Jobs. Um, you know, loss is loss. loss, I had a Mm -hmm. lot of people, yeah, who would, they were breaking up or divorcing and they didn't really want to talk to me about it because they felt like it was so trivial. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it's the same. You're mourning. I mean, you're doing the exact same thing that I am. Mm
4: -hmm.
5: One day you were married and the next day you weren't.
4: Mm -hmm. You're a husband.
5: You're you're right. I mean, it it is the same. So, so yeah, I think there's definitely a difference and how you should act after loss, is that the second part of that? Is that the second part of that question?
4: Yes. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah. Um, no, there's there's not a no. <laughs> that that's the thing. There's there is no way to act and behave after you lose someone. Um I would say, give yourself time, no matter uh, the outside chatter. Again, when people say you should get over it, you should. You know, nobody knows you better than you. Mm-hmm. Nobody. Um, it's very important to move at your own pace. Fa- your own pace, excuse me, and figure out what you're comfortable doing. Um, I always am cautious of being uh, of being around people that are expecting you to behave a certain way. You know. People, you see this in in interviews with police, where they say, you know, people respond differently to trauma, right, and grief, and we as a society have a tendency to say it should look like this. No, it should look like truth True. and whatever your truth is. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: No, Angel, were, were you already certified as a life coach and experienced with you know helping people through loss, or did you go into that after? these things occurred no
5: i was already certified i was not certified when my brother passed away but by the time my husband passed away i was certified
1: okay so i've always wanted to know yeah. do you seek help or do, do you help yourself
5: uh <laughs> no i do not help myself my god um no because uh, i would never take by oh i mean we never take advice so you know go seek someone else um i i i did with my with my husband i ended up um I did seek out a grief group. Uh, I, I really was seeking it out for my daughter. She seemed fine, but I wanted to make sure. Okay. She was four when it happened. And uh, so I did seek out grief group. But um, what was really specific about mine was I only was around people that had lost their spouse within the same year. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and that was truly, truly impactful. And I would definitely encourage people to seek out a group that deals specifically with your loss, um, it would have been very hard for me to com- to sort of relate. I can understand it, but to relate to somebody who, say, maybe lost their child or a grandparent or something like that, mm-hmm. and, you know, and then I'm dealing with my husband. So mm-hmm. that, um, I, yeah, but I, I, I did. I did, um, and I do now, even when I'm dealing with, you know, any kind of personal growth. I seek out. I have several friends that are coaches. And um, I seek them out specifically for for specific things, whether mm-hmm. it's my career, uh, personal growth. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't turn it. I don't turn this way. Now, I guess I'm, I'm liable a, not to take my own advice. I, <laughs> I
1: guess I'm a little naive <laughs> to the whole situation. I would think that someone who is—you said your daughter was four. Yeah. When when your husband passed, and I would think that you know she doesn't know what she doesn't really know what's going on yet. That she wouldn't need any type of um, counseling or assistance, but did you find that to be different that she did? I know you said that she appeared okay.
2: Yeah.
5: Um, you know, my, and I don't want to sound, uh, like a typical parent, but she was, she's definitely an atypical child. She, um, we did not shield her from any of the things that were going on. She saw him go into the ambulance. She saw when medics would come to the, uh, to the hospital and have to drain his lungs, things like that. We, uh-huh. we didn't shield her from that. Um, I didn't shield her from crying, uh, any of it. And um, part of it is because we didn't expect him to die, honestly, uh-huh. when okay. he did. But, um, but in retrospect, I would definitely do the same thing. Talking so openly about it, she definitely understood. When I asked her, do you understand what, what that means, your dad died? And she said he's never coming back. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah. Whether she understood a spiritual existence and that kind of thing, well, we don't understand that. Right. Um, we we speculate about it. So, you know, that didn't bother me. But but her understanding what cremation was versus burial, like all of those things, she dealt with in her grief group. Mm-hmm. So she has a real logical way of understanding what death is. And so it's not taboo in our house, mortality. Um, so, I yeah, I think it was important because they approached things that I don't know that I would have because mm-hmm. I would have assumed uh, she either, A, wouldn't understand or, B, it didn't matter, such as, you know, such as cremation. I told her that he died, but I'd never it never occurred to me to talk about the process. Right, mm-hmm. right. And it was the first question they asked her when they interviewed her. And I was like, oh, snap, okay, well. And, uh, and you know, she, uh, you know, they explained it. Your body goes through this when it dies. And and, uh, and she's been able to handle it. Wow. So, yeah, I, I, th- I, th- I think it's important to get a little bit of a more professional opinion in that arena mm-hmm. to make sure um, because she was so young.
1: Yeah. And I think that's what dif- that's different know. about nowadays. Back in when I was coming up, you know, kids didn't even know about all that. Yeah. <clears throat> and your parents would yeah. shield you from it, mm-hmm. or they would make up. You know, he's right. gone away. You know, whatever. And I think it's good that you didn't shield her from that.
0: They wouldn't even let you go to the funeral and stuff. Yeah, the lake, a lot of because, them you would be too, yeah, young, yeah. To be too young to go to. Yeah, we couldn't go. But I have a yeah. question. Well, my my dad's been gone for I don't know, like like twenty years, maybe or. I don't know how many, but, you know, I had a difficult time with my dad's death and I so much so that I called his phone just to mm. make sure, you, you know what I mean? Cause mm. I just really wasn't believing mm-hmm. it, but I was after my dad passed away, I was so worried about him. I, I mean, I couldn't sleep. Mm. I, I was just went through so much and then the weirdest thing happened. I had a dream about my dad. I was c- kind of scared to open my eyes, but I just opened them a little bit. And he was in my room, mm. and um, he told me that he was okay. And once mm. my dad told me that he was okay, wow! Mm-hmm. I was at peace with the whole thing. I was—I felt mm-hmm. amazing after that. Ooh, wow. But it's just so weird how you worry. How I was just so worried about him. Yeah, I, that was a weird experience.
5: I can
3: bet. I can imagine. That really—that was. Yeah, weird. I mean,
5: it, because we don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. so i mean that's the thing is it's, it really is the unknown mm-hmm. even if you believe in a heaven or hell or what you believe in you don't know what it looks like
0: right so uh, a question for you what helps to create a positive experience with a loss
5: um really staying connected to the soul that's moved on i think um, and and i know that this can be a little bit tricky because I think people can sometimes collapse connection with obsession.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: <laughs> um, what I mean by that is, uh, you know, c- celebrating the special day, celebrating the birthday, celebrating, um, you know, it, for you, uh, some people that, you know, be like calling your dad's phone. Mm-hmm.
4: Um
5: if that, if that locked you into not being able to deal with his death, and I would say, okay, that's not healthy. But if that was something that you just found comforting to be able to hear his voice, I would say that's a connection. That's right. Um, and, and to do that, we, we talk openly about uh, everybody that's gone. Everybody. We talk very openly about it, candidly about it. What are we going to do for, like for Father's Day, you know? What do you want to do? Let's eat his favorite ice cream. Okay, let's do it, you know? Um, Talking, again, being around people that get it, being around people that love that person and have no qualms about chatting about it, laughing about it, sometimes crying about it. Mm -hmm. um, It shouldn't be taboo. Right. To have that yeah. kind of protection. Yeah. I think, again, the whole resist-persist thing, I think we spend a lot of time as a, as a society in trying to um, say we need to move on from that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because we all recognize our own, our own mortality mm-hmm. within it. But it's a positive thing because, like I said, the grief doesn't go away. Right. the memories of that person don't go away. So why not just make it? If you miss them today, say it out loud Ooh. that's right. hey, I miss you today, and keep it moving that's right. It doesn't have to be a profound thing that you do it's just it's just an acknowledgement I mean, yeah. that that person is still with you yeah.
3: and you know what um Angel, we we've appreciated um your candid you being candid and how you dealt with your grief, and it reminds um you know me um like Paula, she said she lost her father. My father died a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, I I do um, I saved his voicemail as an MP three MP three file yeah. so that there are oh, times wow. where I can just hear his uh-huh. voice and it and it brings comfort. I, I think that what you're doing here uh, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, it's great that you are already on the path of helping others um, see their path and to help them with something as specific and difficult as grief can be. We already know about the promotion that our listeners can get if they would like to connect with you, but what can they do to actually get connected with you? What are your social media um, or yeah. email or websites? What's that information that we can give out to our view our listeners tonight?
5: Yeah, uh, my website is angeldaviscoaching.com. Mm-hmm. Um, they can connect that way. Uh, you can always email me um, at speakeasyfacilitator
4: yes, at like gmail.com.
5: That. Um, and I'm on Instagram, uh, Angel Davis coaching, uh, um, uh, my Facebook page is actually speak easy is my Facebook page. Okay. Um, I'm a, I'm an advocate for clear communication. So that's why I'm always about speaking easy. Um,
3: right. I like that. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And I'm speak on and easy.
5: Twitter as speak easy angel as well. So awesome.
1: Well, thank you so much, Angel, for coming on the show. We really appreciate everything that you shared thank with us. Thank you
5: guys us. for this opportunity. No Thanks, problem. Angel. No problem.
1: Have a good, a good night.
5: Thank you. You too. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye.
1: Ronnie, uh, you have something you wanted to talk about? Or did we discuss your topic? Uh, I don't know if you got something juicy. If not, we're going to get into some situationships. Yes, I don't have anything
3: too juicy. You know, um, one of one thing that that's personal to me is education Mm -hmm. or as Carter G. Woodson and Lauren Hill would later say the The miseducation of of. you know um, and sometimes we don't get the correct um, spotlight I don't know if you guys saw in the news recently it's been a lot of greatness we've seen that there was um, a couple of high schools where they've had celebrated their first black valedictorian oh my gosh but um, more specific there was one where a black Girl Mm
4: -hmm. was
3: a valedictorian, and instead of letting her have that honor alone, Mm. they uh, made her share it with um, a white um, student who GPA was not the highest.
1: And she became the co.
3: And she became the the co -co valedictorian. valedictorian.
4: Horrible.
3: When do you have? When did you start having a co valedictorian? You know when? When Black Lives Don't Matter. Mm -hmm. I mean, and it's like, how do you feel about that? You know, I'm I'm not trying to jump into a big race riot, you know. But, we but need,
1: I think we need to. But
3: we have to talk about that. We have to talk yeah. about why is that okay? Because it's not like they had, like their numbers were so close, like mm-hmm. one was a 4.3, one was a 4.31. It wasn't even like that. Yeah. And even it was like that. Sometimes it comes down to that that little bit of a point right. to make you the valedictorian. That's right. And so then that means that she should have been the other girl, the saluted victorian. Yeah. Did they not have a saluted victorian? Why did they have to have co Victorian.
1: right? And just to add to this story, there was the Daily News reports that that school district was slapped with the loss lawsuit, uh, lawsuit mm-hmm. a couple of years ago for failure to um, desegregate its schools after being told so to do so fifty years ago. Wow! Well, there, you, um, there you have it. And right the there. district initially tried to contest the judge's order, but eventually ended up complying. Wow! So
3: it's like, wait, why do what do? What are we? My, my daughter asked me the other day what. This did, in Mississippi
1: too. The yeah. Oh, Mississippi. Okay. Well. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. She yeah. asked me what did the NAACP stand for, uh-huh. and I wanted to say um, non-existent because, <laughs> I, because and I apologize for any NAACP person person yeah. that I offend, mm-hmm. but we do no longer have organizations, um, uh, groups, leaders. We have more sound bites and more trends than we do. People really trying to fight for legislation and going in places where change never even took place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Well,
0: let me tell you my thought on that. Please. And because, you know, I go, like Will said, you know, we go to a lot of events, we go to a lot yeah. of parties, you know, we're all over the place. And what I find is that, you know, there's big discussions about what it is that you just spoke about. Once that discussion is over, Everybody goes to their neutral corners, which they go home, and that's the end of it. You know, And then they want to say, we don't have organization. You could talk about it in your house, and you can talk about it amongst your friends and have these big, deep discussions. Right, right, right. But the thing of it is, is, this is why I don't like to talk about it, because it makes me feel like I'm on a hamster wheel, because you're just going around and around, and nobody's doing anything about it. Right. Nobody wants to be that self-starter, even though we do have the NAACP here, and there's people doing things. But when they ask, invite people out, and try to get you to come to the meetings, no, nobody wants to do that. You know, but we want to talk about what's wrong, but we don't want to put our hand to the plow. Right. You know what I mean? Because we don't have, there we have plenty of leaders. Right. And we have people that are born to be leaders. You can be a leader. Will can be a leader. I can be a leader. But do I want to take the time to do that? But we want to sit around and talk about it. Mm-hmm. So we're either going to do it and not talk about it or talk about it and be on that hamster rail. It's only two ways it's going to be. Yeah. You can't blame it on the NAACP. That's just the NAACP. They need people that are motivated enough to have passion. We have passion talking to one another, yeah, yeah, yeah. but we don't have passion to make that
3: movement to make yeah, it happen. And, and, so and, um, yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. I mean, I, I don't think we have the leaders though. I think we have people like you just said. I think the majority of us talk about it and we get frustrated about it. But I don't think we have, I don't think we have people who are willing. And this might be exactly what you just said. We don't have anyone who's willing to lead the movement. But who who is the who is? But that's my question and it may
0: sound stupid, who are you waiting for? It could be you. Well, I do stuff. No, no, no. I'm just saying I'm not, yeah. I'm not pointing the finger at you. Yeah, I mean, I try to when do I'm my saying- part. I do. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not part girl- figure, right, I'm not pointing the finger at you, but what I'm saying is that you guys are just... They're just waiting for that one leader. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing's going to happen because you're just waiting on that one leader. But you don't need one leader. You, you, We can just be all the Indians, you know, you and, know the, and the mean, leader can evolve and I, out of that. Does that make sense to me? No, it does. Because, because
3: we're going to keep waiting and nothing's going to happen. Well, I'm not looking for a big leader because on a whole nother day we'll talk, not during his month, because I don't want to take away from his legacy, that... Um, The 50s was great, but we just had spokespeople. Mm -hmm. We didn't really have the foot soldiers. Martin Luther King was great, but he wasn't the foot. It was more than Martin Luther King. Sure. You know what I'm saying? um, I'm looking for for this to stop being okay. Not looking for people who don't look like Mm -mm. us Mm -hmm. to realize it's not okay. I'm waiting for, or I'm tired of waiting for us as a group to not lead. I mean, it doesn't have to be a specific person. You know, Black Lives Matter is great, but is that what? What are the funds doing with Black Lives Matter? Are we going to places like Mississippi mm-hmm. and helping with a, uh, a a legal fund to mm-hmm. actually because the parents are suing mm-hmm. for discrimination? Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know what. What are as are, our culture, our society? You know, what are we right. doing? I
0: mean, they came up with Black Lives Matter. What? I mean, then stay
3: woke. Well, but the thing
0: of is like, I stay right, right, and, and I, I had thing, to
1: Google that today because right. I was. I'll tell you about my whole sad day, but go ahead. Yeah, but that. you know, hey,
0: well, who, w- what is it doing? You know, Not, you know, it's just on a whole bunch of T-shirts, of and ones. then when something Man, happened, right. everybody's like, "Black lives matter." But the thing of it is does it really matter because once the momentum has died down of whatever transpired we're going back again i'm going to mm-hmm. use my saying in our neutral corners doing our everyday life mm-hmm. getting mm-hmm. up going to work doing our thing mm-hmm. you know then something pops right. off then we're back to black lives matter
3: yeah and and i i just it bothers me because there are so many platforms that are um, I'm taking Paula's word that that really are hamster um, wheels mm-hmm. and or platforms that are just sound bites. Mm-hmm. It sounds great. It looks good on a on a t-shirt. They're popular, you know, and yeah, everyone can define it yeah. and say this is what it means to me and yada yada yada. But what is it doing to change whatever the thing is that use it to get in the front of the spotlight? What are we doing,
1: mm-hmm. right? What is is racism? I know as as a group as a as a Population as a community is—it's it, it's affecting us all. But personally, uh, how do you see racism? How does racism—racism racism affect you personally? Show up in your life. I mean, for me, it showed up very real. Now, well, I'm—I'm going to ramble a lot, but hopefully, you'll be able to grab the meat yeah, from it. Um, for me, my brothers and my sisters—I was—I think there was a rapper who said that they had never experienced racism. Who mm-hmm. was it? It was somebody. Little Wayne. That. I think it was Little Wayne. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I did not grow up in a family that was rich by no means. My mom worked two jobs. My dad worked 12 hours, seven days a week right. as a salesman. But you couldn't tell me and my brother and my sister that we weren't because right. they did everything they could right. to make sure that we had the life that the people, the white people had. Right. right? Mm-hmm. So we didn't see that. They shielded us from a lot. So we went to the best schools. Correct. Um, we moved into a neighborhood where nobody looked like us. Right. So in my mind, okay, we were the Cosbys. And that's right. how my friends saw us. So I didn't experience a whole bunch, or I didn't experience blatant racism correct, 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 correct. like it is today. But today I was in um, Panera Bread. I don't mind saying it. I was in Panera Bread. And you know how they bring you the food? Yeah. So I was happy. I was in a good mood. <laughs> I was in a good mood, sat there. I'm so glad I, saw I wasn't there. Saw the little lady. She was old. I don't ever want to be like that. That's by like IRA. But she was, you know, walking up to the table, and she had a sad look on her face. And, you know, I said, thank you. Nothing. And it was like almost a disgust when mm. she put the table put it down. So I was like, okay, try not to pay attention. But the same lady, she came and take another order, took it to a lady who was Caucasian, mm-hmm. bubbly, friendly. stopped the complimenter on her bag. I was like, hmm, okay, just a little microaggression that I had noticed. And then she did it again mm. to the point where I said, oh, so it was me that she had the problem with. Then I had to look at my cream soup and say, I oh, hope you know, I hope you know she did nothing to right. my, to my cream suit because I I realized that that I was having. A racist moment. And then prior to that, I had went to remember I told you I was going to pay on my procedure for my face. Right. And got there and realized that um, there were some racial things going on that I had to kind of like stand up for. But I was like, oh my God. So I've just been naive to the, the whole fact. I guess people would say I, I, I wasn't woke. Yeah. Um, and realizing that it, it, it happened. Stay to woke. Yeah, stay woke. I mean, woke. I
0: don't think that, I'm not going to say that you're not woke because you're a well rounded educated. Right. Dude. I can't phrase that. Yeah, the way. yeah, I can't stand that. You're not consciously aware. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm consciously aware because uh, stuff happens to me. I mean, I grew up the same way you did. Uh-huh. I, I, you I know, think my husband would I was attracted because it I grew up like that. Yeah, yeah, I grew up like that. Um, I was in a busing program and I was bused out to the schools mm-hmm. where, you know, they wanted to touch your hair cause they think it's different <laughs> yeah. and you know what I mean? They think you can dance amazing, but you know, I have some <laughs> amazing, you know, some of my best friends are, are white. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really get it. I, I have experienced it. You know what I mean? When, even when I was in high school, mm-hmm. um, a little bit, but do you experience uh,
1: but, it more today?
0: No, I, I mean, not really. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, I really don't, I, I haven't, you mm-hmm. know, um, I, I really didn't start experiencing it until I was in the workplace mm-hmm. because, you know, I was always in, you know, they, in la la land, thinking everybody just love peace, love, and he mm-hmm. agrees that's just the type of chick I am, mm-hmm. you know, until my dad kept explaining to me, it's not like that. And I was like, no daddy, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. Everybody just loves everybody. That's just how yeah. I am. You know, that was your view. Of that our, was my yeah, view, and, and your experience. you know, and then when that happened to when I saw it, it really hurt my feelings. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was crying about it. Yeah. And that's why my dad was telling me, he said, because I knew that it was going to hurt your feelings uh-huh. because I still don't, until still to this day, I don't get it. But what I have found is that it's a generation of people uh, that's keeping racism yeah, going. Right. It's not my daughter's generation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're not like that. Mm-hmm. They can care less. Mm-hmm. Just like we had, I read that story on Facebook how the girl, I think it could have been in Miss Alabama, mm-hmm. how she was dating a black kid and they took her to the prom and her father had a fit. She put everything on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Right. The whole argument and everything. And she told her father, you disgust me. Mm-hmm. Right. You're you're a racist. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And she went to, he's like, if you go to the prom with this dude, I'm disowning, I'm you. disowning you. She went anyway because she she said, This it isn't this end. isn't yeah. our world. Yeah. Right. You know, you have that's why I can't get it. I'm lost. Mm-hmm. Because you have white people married to black people, mm-hmm. you have Filipino married to black people, same you have same sex same-sex yeah. marriages. It's so much going on. It's a hot spot of things going on. Mm-hmm. So it's that small corner of these old people. I'm not gonna just you know, people mm-hmm. that want to keep that going. And the thing of it is, is that they're running the world. You mm-hmm. see what I mean? They're, they're running. I was say that, yeah. They're running our world.
1: They have the position. They have the positions right, and, right. and the
0: platforms, but it, when they're done and over with, you see what I mean? But if, they, there's left. if there's anything If there's anything They've left. left the legacy. Yeah. Yeah. They left the legacy. That's what I was going to say. And, and like my daughter's generation, um, they're going to take over the world. And I I really believe in my heart that it's not going to be that way anymore because of the way they think, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? They, they're, they're, they're free in, mm-hmm. in themselves and their own individuality. Mm-hmm. And the older people that keep this going, they're not free within themselves. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They don't carry the same sex holding hands, you know, when mm-hmm. they be like, oh, you know, just thinking it's not like that. Mm-hmm. They're non-judgmental
1: people. Yeah. Yeah. I, a, a, a past, I'm, I'm going to let you speak. A pastor friend of mine said, he said, just as soon as all them die off. We'll be able to get some progress, right?
3: You know, that's, that's what I said, and, and yeah. that's how that's a mentality of some older churches too. You yeah. know, as soon as we get rid of them old yeah. saints and angels. Yeah, he was a pastor. You know, said, yeah. we can we can <laughs> we can move forward. Here's here's my take on racism. Uh-huh. I I believe, just like what Paula said, I think that the thing about racism is that we have to understand is that it's like um, have you ever if you you're baking something and you bake like uh, you make a bread or you're making a dough, whatever, and you put a little bit of food coloring mm-hmm. and so every now and then a piece you'll come up and you'll mm-hmm. see that streak mm-hmm. of this in there because mm-hmm. it's it wasn't a part of the original recipe mm-hmm. but it's something that's put in there and it shows up in different pieces mm. i believe racism is institutionalized in that sense that that certain things that is carried on and is sprinkled and some people don't even realize that it's racism. You know, some people don't realize it's colorism. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when people say things, when they can recognize, um, when they say things like, I don't think all black people are bad. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have an issue with black people. Yeah. Because we, it's not synonymous. Bad and black are not synonymous, yeah. you know. You, you know, you might think someone who has certain characteristics are bad, but black persons should not be in that same mm-hmm. category. Um, but I'm, I'm saying that to say that I think... That the country that we live in, I think it, is, it was built on something that racism necessarily was not part of the recipe, but it was sprinkled inside of our makeup. And I don't think, unless we have a time where everyone is destroyed, I don't think racism will ever go away. But I think what has to happen is we have to continue to have um, people who are more liberated in the way that they are, and the way that they're living, and the way that they think, that they can become, that they can become the majority. Because mm-hmm. you can never, I mean, shoot, look at roaches. You can't get rid of something. <laughs> Certain things <laughs> just don't go away. Well,
1: wow, they might right? not show their face. They might
3: not show their face. Yeah. You know, but when the lights come on, yeah. they're like, yeah. uh, player, listen, I just want to get that crow in right. <laughs> Don't mess with me. I ain't gonna mess with you. You know, and, um, and, but, and I can't go deeper with that because, you know, roaches leave diseases, but,
4: uh, but, yeah, but but right.
3: the, the, the general sense is so for me for us individually unless you dealt with moments like you said uh-huh. I don't think for the most part and maybe we can say this because we're living in Virginia not Mississippi or mm-hmm. Alabama I don't think we have to deal with outright racism on a daily basis we don't have to deal with that we live in a country where our leaders mm-hmm. say and do things that come across as very racist. Well, but,
1: what, what, what about the lady? You saw the 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 high school graduate that um, the road rage incident. Yes, where um, it was, I think she was only eighteen. Graduated, right? And then he um, and was, she was weeks away from going to college, and there was a situation. I think where they were merging.
3: Right, and road an rage, and he lane. killed her. Bam. Yeah. And now, I it, mean, it wasn't even an argument. No, so it I want to know number gun. one,
1: where the gun come from that quickly. And has she had blonde hair, blue eyes, would you have still shot her? Or what? What, what? Probably
3: not. And the fact that you had no remorse and you left a body that yeah. you shot at. You know, I mean, road rage is, is, is a beast. I mean, I've had the urge to follow people off of a road that have pissed me off. Are you serious? I have. I've I had have the urge. never had I've that had type the road urge rage. to do that. You know, because uh. I'm like, it was, was it that serious? Did you have to. That, that, that didn't mean that much to you that you made me miss my exit. Mm-hmm. You know? Do you
1: think about that now? Like, even. I, I think about, about not people. blowing the horn. I, I think, think about, about having you know, people sending the light. I think about blowing the horn. I, I like, like
3: being petty. I wish there was a way <laughs> I could have their license plate and call the police or something. They're and never connect. there when you need it. Right? They do I, I wish I could have a way to get them just arrested for for being a for, bully about, on yeah, the road or uh-huh. something. But we we are. Ex- a lot of people are celebrating that the man's arrested. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't... You can't oh, yeah. feel anything until that man is convicted yeah. mm-hmm. and found guilty. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean...
1: And based upon how we're basically being treated in the judicial system, that may not happen. It may it'll not be... Re- it, it'll be reduced to something. Um, probation.
0: And voluntary man's six law, months, You yeah. know... Yeah. And then
3: because it's the first time offense but but he might remember the guy who was on his way home in Florida from a wedding, uh-huh. and the it was at a gas station. There was a group of black guys, and they had loud music, and he I felt threatened that. Yeah. just because of their yeah. music, yeah. and shot, and yes. I think he killed. Yeah. Yeah. He them killed and, him. and shot yeah. up, mm-hmm. and so and then left the scene because he said he was scared. Yeah, because he was left, and um, and I he was that. arrested, convicted. It was the old guy? Wasn't Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and I think he's doing like thirty years in Good. jail. Good. So,
0: so let me ask this question. Uh-huh. Um. I think I asked it before, but I want to ask it again. Well, two things. If you really look at racism and everything that's done, all the hatred, um, who is the the culprit, the weaker person? Who's really the culprit in the racism, keeping it going? who is the evil one? You know, like even if you see on the movies, who's doing the bad, really the bad stuff? Those, and they, you can't look at, we're not doing it. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And when I look at things like that, because I had a discussion with my dad one time and he's like, really, they're trying to make us out to be the evil ones, but we're not the evil ones.
1: We we did, we did, we did the hospital thing in D.C., I mean in New York. The hospital shooting, the one I think was Bronx. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. The doctor who went back in yeah but you you there's not that mean it's a rarity that you'll find african american serial killers
3: that that's correct i mean that's and it not it's, it's rare and it's a very low statistic yeah. and, and it's and black people can't be racist because racism is is a superior attitude towards another race. We can never have a superior attitude as a whole because it doesn't matter if we outnumber them we will never know minority even if our minority becomes a majority because of the of the 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 way our country is set up, Mm -hmm. we will never be the majority um, thought or planners, if you will. So we can't. So we can't necessarily be racist. But here's the thing: Do you all remember the original Birth of a Nation? Mm. Uh, The one that was we have the caller coming in. Mm -hmm. The one that was not the one that Nate um, Parker did, Mm -hmm. but the one that came out in the twenties. And that movie was it was. First time where you had film, moving film, one of the first time with moving film and acting and all of this type of stuff, but it was also when we got introduced to what white America wanted us to believe, what black people looked like. There was white people in blackface, and the black people were uh, portrayed as these oversexed people who were raping white women. Uh And, um, And they were scary and all of this stuff, and they were doing all of these things, and that was a lot of people their first impression of what it means to be black Mm. and so to answer what Paula was saying the culprit it was just what the culprit is today for a lot of things we said the media Mm -hmm. the media helps portray an ignorance or a mindset Mm. and it's ran with the original Birth of a Nation I think it came out like in the early 1900s
4: oh really?
3: yeah hold
1: on a second because we actually have our next guest and we'll come back to this after that but well, we have um, Kim Sayre-Giles, I believe. Um, she's an international human behavior expert professional. She's also a speaker, a corporate, a corporate trainer, an author, and an innovator. Um, she's going to talk to us about living a life without fear. I know yes. I can do a lot of things, a lot of things I can, I can check off my list, my list if I can just move beyond you know, the, the fear of, my, my fear is name, number one, failure. That's mine. Do you have any fears about life? Oh, yeah, I know yours uh, is about your shelf life right now. That's yeah, what you're, it's about my shelf life yeah, right now. Yeah. Right? Well, Do I, You have I, any concerns, Rhonda? Um,
3: um, I my biggest concern or my fear is that my daughter won't live up. My oldest daughter won't live up to her potential.
1: Oh wow! Okay. Well, hopefully, um, Kim will be able to help us yeah, with that. My so fears. People just don't.
3: People
1: get don't get me. Just, people don't get you. you. Don't. Yeah, you just. Well, yeah. You're, you're multifaceted. I've only known you for two years, and I've seen at least 12 sides to (laughs) Paul.
0: I just want somebody to get me.
1: (laughs) All right, all right. We're going to welcome to the show now, Miss Kim Sears-Giles. I hope I'm saying her name right. Welcome to the show.
2: Thanks, Will. Actually, it's Giles. Giles. Okay, Rhonda
1: (laughs) had it right. (laughs) You're you're good. How are you? You're good. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. We can barely hear you.
2: Let's see. Is that any Yes, better? that's a
1: lot better. That's a lot better. Thank you so much. So we were just sharing our, our personal fears about life and everything. But I wanted you, you said you have a unique and a simple way to help understand human behavior, especially when it's coming to you know living a life without fear. What is that technique that you have? Well, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. So actually, I think human behavior is really simple because no matter what we do, it's driven by either love or fear.
4: Mm, okay. and,
2: and when you understand that, you start to look underneath behavior mm-hmm. to see why people are, are acting the way they're acting and it's usually pretty easy to tell if it's love or fear most of the time we're driven by fear I mean I believe even a lot of the nice things we do
4: mm-hmm.
2: we're, we're doing them so that people will be impressed and they'll like us and and think that we're, we have value and mm-hmm. so even a lot of the time, nice things we do are really driven by our own fear of failure of not being good enough which makes us needy for that validation Mm -hmm. they're not really being driven by love
1: Mm. Mm. you know what that when you said that 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 rang true for me because that's almost like manipulation and manipulation is a sign of fear
2: oh yeah absolutely Hmm. Um, and a matter of fact just to keep it super super simple um, there's two core fears that drive all of our bad behavior. Okay. And if you understand these two core fears, you will understand people because everybody on the planet, to some degree, is battling these two core fears every day. So, you want to know what they are?
3: Yes, Yes. Yes, please. Please share.
2: Okay. So, the first is the fear of failure, which is really the fear that I might not be good enough. And, and I believe this starts in all of us when we're really small because the first thing we experience as a little kid is a lot of, no, don't do that. Don't you be like that. You need to be more like this. And, and immediately, everybody's telling you, you need to change. You need to be different than however you're showing up. <laughs> right. <laughs> their approval to get their love, right? Mm-hmm. And then you go to school, and the first thing you learn in school is that there's kids smarter than you, better looking, more athletic. Exactly. You know, and... And you start the comparing, and that fear gets bigger.
4: Uh-huh.
2: And, and I wish I could tell my kids that as an adult I've grown out of that. But, but in reality, as an adult, there's even more levels on which we can fail. Now we can be a terrible parent. Mm-hmm. We can fail at work.
4: In
1: relationships, you know, it, marriages, all of that,
2: yeah. Right? Everywhere. So this fear that I'm not good enough it is one that I believe everybody on the planet Mm -hmm. is battling to some degree. And a lot of our bad behavior, a lot of the time that we put other people down or we like to see other people as worse than us or less than us. We like to gossip. We like to find fault. It's really all behavior. That's about, if I focus enough on all your bad, then it makes me feel like I'm good. Right. Right. So it's, it's all behavior that's covering for our own insecurities. And I, I really believe that most of the time people that are mean, that are, um, you know, put others down, it, they're just wrapped with this insecurity, this fear of failure, and that's really what's driving a lot of the bad behavior. So that's fear number one.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, the second one that everybody on the planet's doing battle with every day, we call the fear of loss. And you ask anyone what they're most afraid of, they usually say losing my loved ones or losing money or losing my job. Mm-hmm. You know, l- loss concerns us. But there's lots of ways that we lose every day that are, that are just more like the universe or life not giving us what we want. Mm-hmm. So if I get stuck in traffic and I'm on my way to an important meeting and I wanted to be on time and, and I'm freaking out in the car or somebody cuts me off and I'm angry, it's because I feel taken from. And, right. and it's, it's just not the experience I wanted today. So I often feel taken from by by people, sometimes by God and the universe and life itself. I, I feel mistreated. Yeah. And, and all of those lost experiences create a lot of bad behavior. And the, for many people, they've been taken from so much. That they're just on the lookout for, for mistreatment now, and so you know that anything you do is gonna make them feel protective or defensive, or because just because fear of loss is kind of running rampant underneath that behavior. So I always t- I always ask people think about the last fight you had with your partner or yourself, right? And I will bet you that you either felt mistreated. Or you felt insulted, right? Or that you were failing on some level, and and that's what brings out your worst behavior and my worst behavior when when our fears have been triggered. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. So,
3: um, so like, yeah. Are you guys? You're you're saying that that the way that we're responding that is triggering that these triggers are showing that we are having a we have a fear that would fall into one of those categories so would this go along with this um with our human but you're talking about human behavior and and, um you said you have a unique and a simple way that you understand that is there a simple and unique way that we understand that as well as to is this helping us uh face our fear or move beyond the fear okay so i'm going to
2: tell two things one i want to if we have time, talk about how to get out of those fears yourself so that you're less likely to get triggered and then behave badly. Okay. And I want, I want everybody to be able to recognize when we're dealing with a difficult person or somebody whose behavior we don't like at that moment, and we recognize they're scared. They're scared that they're going to lose out or that they're not enough. And, and that that bad behavior is coming from that fear, if we understand it, we see them as scared, we'll handle it much different. We, we'll know how to quiet their fear, and when we can quiet their fear, we can often bring out better behavior in them. Mm-hmm.
4: Okay.
2: Make sense? I think, yeah. So I'll give you an example. Like, when well, my husband comes home from work, and he comes in, and the kids have made a mess in the house, he might snap at me a little bit about this mess. And, woo, that'll trigger my fear. Right. I can go to some... He's in the doghouse <laughs> now, right? Right. <laughs> he just insulted me, mm-hmm. basically. But I'm pretty sure that he was having fear of failure issues at work. Okay. And Or, or maybe fear of loss, losing his job. And so he's come home in a fear state. And when I recognize that all bad behavior comes from their fears about themselves. It's not really about you. Nothing personal. Yeah, most of the time it's their fear about themselves. So if I recognize that, instead of saying, you jerk,
4: mm-hmm.
2: I'm going to say, <laughs> honey, are you okay? Mm-hmm. What happened today?
4: Uh-huh.
2: Right? Because this isn't really about me. This is about you. Right. And, and we know this. We know bad behaviors are projection. They're their Hate onto other people. Oh. So, when we recognize it we can we can handle situations and relationships different
1: uh-huh. I think it takes That's a very mature person to get because when you come in and you know you're in a mindset and then somebody comes in and attacks you, it takes mm-hmm. a very mature person to be able to step back and say, "You know what this is not about me, this is about you right so i um, mean is that is that really reasonable or does it take a while to get to that point but
0: I don't think that, that goes over well when you say this isn't about me, this is about you then I mean, then that might trigger something else, you know, another argument. But yeah, like, you're going to
2: trigger their fear of failure, saying that you're broken, something's wrong with you, this is your issue. So I wouldn't say that, <laughs> okay. but I would understand it in, in myself.
1: Because I was saying,
2: Are you okay? What happened at work?
1: Uh huh. Okay.
2: And they won't be offended by that.
1: Okay. Okay. You now no, that, okay? that makes sense. That makes sense.
2: Yeah, because we want to be, we our goal here, especially in relationships with people we care about that mm-hmm. we want to have a good relationship with, you want as much as possible to be the cure to their fear, not the cause of
0: it. Right. Right,
2: right. Right? So but, I want my husband, instead of coming home and criticizing my housekeeping and... My child raising skills. I want him to come home and recognize that I'm trying real hard and that I'm a good person, and, right. and validate me and be the cure to my fear, not come in and be the cause of it.
0: Right. I just had this conversation on the way here.
2: Didn't we? Once? Yeah, you did. Yeah. Pretty
0: pretty much. You know, don't um, criticize. You know my my shortcomings. Right. You know, it, just embrace just embrace me. You know, because we all have shortcomings and we all have fears. So when you're, like she said, when you know you're attacking me about my shortcomings, or oh, you didn't do this, you're not doing this, you're not doing that. You know, it does put a, a, a fear in you, like um, do you know, to think that you're not doing, you're not a great person. You know right. what I mean? Because they're just really killing you, your self esteem, pretty much. Right? Is that
2: correct? Absolutely. So, uh, actually, we can add to that and let me teach you how to get out of your own fear. Right, right. Are you open to that? Yes. yes. We're all Absolutely. open.
4: We're all open. Yes. This
2: is an
0: open.
1: Yes.
2: Okay. So, I'll tell you from a psychology standpoint, the real reason that we're all afraid we might not be good enough
4: mm-hmm.
2: is because it, there's a foundational belief that you've accepted. That creates it. And the foundation of belief is that you believe your value as a human being can go up and down. Now, what I mean is we all kind of bought into that if we could just lose weight, make more mm-hmm. money, be mm-hmm. more successful, our value would go up. Yes. And then we could find feel good. But if you believe it can go up, you also believe it can go down. And that means every mistake you make, every pound it. you I'll gain, mm-hmm. right? We feel... Like it's diminished our value, and right. we feel Absolutely. like we're less than other people. Mm-hmm. And as long as you believe that human value can change and go up and down, you also believe that some people are better than other people. Because
1: mm-hmm. okay.
2: those beliefs go together.
1: Well, at least the perceived value. Yes.
0: Yeah. Let Let me ask you. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Um, when, if you are a person that you know had low self esteem and. Um, then you, you begin to evolve. I'll just say like a uh what do you call it? Butterfly. A, a butterfly. But before you're a butterfly you're a calipita. You know you're your an The chrysalis. that. yes and all of that. And then you really each day you're just discovering yourself. You know, are you're finding <laughs> that You you have great value and, you know, because people devalue you and make you feel like you're a piece of crap, really. Mm -hmm. But once you start to come into your own and your own individuality and you're just finding yourself and you have this newfound freedom and people can't see you for really what it is that you're what what you're becoming. And they want to demoralize that Mm -hmm. and make you feel bad about it. And how do you deal with that?
2: Okay, so the real trick, if the problem is that you believe that your values go up and down, the answer is to decide that for you, all human beings on this planet, every single human being has the same exact intrinsic value, and that value can't go up or down. So we all have the same worth as human beings, and that means... Whether you're a caterpillar or a butterfly or wherever you are in your unique journey on this planet, because all of us, our journeys are so totally unique. No one will get the same one I got. Mm-hmm. But wherever I am in that journey, I still have the same exact value as every other human being. And I literally can't earn more and be better than anyone else. But I also can't be less than anybody else. And, and you guys, I've been teaching this for 15 years to people all over the and, and working with, with personal coaching clients. And if they can make a decision that in their world, from this point on, all human beings have the exact same value and it never changes, and they play with it all day, every day, every time they do something stupid, the first thing they say is, oh, good thing that didn't change my value. Ooh, right? Because okay. my value is the same all the time no matter what. Mm-hmm. And and you got to teach it to your kids. Uh, when we're out at at the basketball game and, and my son's team wins, they come off the court bragging, you know, how we're, we we're so awesome. Right. And I quickly remind them, that's great. You won, but you still have the same value as the kids on the other team it didn't change anything. Mm-hmm. And when they lose the game, I got to remind them, well, at least that didn't affect your value. You still have the same value as everybody else. You know,
3: now when you say that and you use that example specifically, you know, um, you're right. I mean, I agree that it does not change the esteem of um, that would be connected to my value. But in a game of winners and losers, um, you know, there is a difference. We we do walk away, one of us winning the game and one of us losing the game, because maybe one of us did not have a skill set that was as attuned as another. So when, when do we get into a place where it just seems like, and this is kind of like with sports because a lot of people are arguing nowadays um, that children who are doing sports, they are the leagues are more concerned about participation um, certificates than they are about trophies of um, most valuable players or skilled players. Where we just all on this even kill that we participated, as you would oh, say, yeah. we all have the same value, mm-hmm. but while we all have the same value, but don't we have different skill sets? And maybe my skill set, Absolutely. if we are in the – you know, go ahead.
2: Well, you want your kid to to come off the court if they lost and go, okay, what do I need to do to do better? How can I right. learn from what just happened so that I can grow? And I actually do believe that only the winners should get the trophy. Mm-hmm. I, I want kids to be motivated, you know, to earn um, and grow and learn – but I kind of see life as more of a classroom than a test. Okay. And, and think about the difference. If, if life is a test, every mistake counts against your grade and your value. Mm. But if life a classroom, you still, your, your teacher gave you problems to solve. You still got them wrong and you, and you need to use that to learn how to do them better. But it doesn't change your grade because this is learning time. This isn't a test. Right. It's, it's so right. I teach my clients to you you life as a classroom and every single experience that shows up for you is here for one purpose, and that's to grow you. And sometimes those are going to be hard experiences. Sometimes they're going to be wins and great and easy, but they're, they're all just lessons. But they don't change your value as a human being. And I, I just, I watch the news, you guys, and I look at all the problems going on on this planet, mm-hmm. all of them at their are, are caused by certain groups of people thinking they have more value than other groups. Of
3: people. Right, right.
2: It's, it's everything: terrorism, racism, you name it, across the board. And I guess I'm I'm passionate about this topic too because I I'm a white mother, but I have a a, a black daughter.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. And 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 I watch every day, you know, the way the world treats her different than they treat some of my other children. Right. And I'm pretty passionate about this idea that at our core we all have the same value and and i i really truly believe that if we all made this our policy Mm -hmm. and i know the world's not going to adopt it right away but if i make it my rule that everybody's value is the same that mine's the same it it's amazing what it does for my my confidence because i go in and try things that i used to be too scared to do because I know at the end of the day they don't change my value. Even if I follow my faith, I still have the same value as everybody else. Exactly. And I've watched my kids, and it just it, it gives them this security underneath all the ups and downs of life. That it's all lessons, but it doesn't change their worth ever.
3: And, and that's I think that's I think that's that's a beautiful thing though, because at the the antidote, if you would, to fear would have to be security mm-hmm. and and a, and a higher esteem. When you understand your value, then you won't have to worry about, like you said, the two the two areas with the fear of loss of something, whether it's loss of your position, whether it's loss of your authority, loss of your power, mm-hmm. loss of whatever, or if um, it's fear that maybe I don't add up. But if I am being met with uh, secure positions and uh, affirmations, whether it be by words, actions, or mindsets, then we can move away from fear, um, I have one last question, can I ask one, yeah, one yeah. last question mm-hmm. do you think it's okay to have have any kind of a fear or should we dismantle fear and never have a fear
2: well I, I, it kind of depends um, on occasion maybe, really, there, there's better things to be motivated by like passion you know, mm-hmm. passion and love build and create something to make a difference is much more motivating than fear. I think most of the time, 99.9% of the time, it it hurts us. Mm. Now, I only actually told you how to get out of fear of failure. Do you want me to tell you real quick how to get out of fear of loss, too?
3: Yes, please.
2: Okay, so do you you know who Viktor Frankl is? Have you read his story about the concentration camps in World War II? Yes, yes, yes. So he's kind of famous for this discovery he made sitting in the concentration camp that we each have the power to choose our attitude. And it's the one thing no one can take from us. We get to choose our mindset, right? That's right. Well, there was another discovery that he made sitting in the concentration camp that fewer people know about. And, and sitting there in that place, he asked himself this question. Was it just random bad luck? i got captured when i did and then i got sent here and there i've ended up in this place in this barracks with these people is that just random that that happened or is there meaning and purpose to it is there a reason that this happened and then that happened and that i've ended up right here right here he is he's a psychologist before the war you know he studied the way human beings process things so he's he just pondering and pondering that question. And at the end of the day, what he decided is there's no way to know. There's no absolute truth for us to know if things happen random or if they happen for a reason. So he said, I guess that leaves me in a place where I get to choose which mindset I want to go with. So he tried them both on. He tried on seeing it as random, and he found that the hopelessness got worse. Mm-hmm. just if it was meaningless it made him just want to walk and get over with because it didn't mean anything. Right. But if he chose to believe that things happen for a reason and that he's in this place for a purpose,
4: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it
2: made him want to rise to the occasion and do something with it. Right. Right. And it, it also made him feel less taken from and more like the universe was at work trying to grow him, train it. Serve him on some level and he and he found when he chose to see meaning and purpose those losses were were less painful he actually said suffering ceases to be suffering the moment it finds meaning right and so we get to kind of play with the same thing in our life so i mentioned like getting stuck in traffic if if i just want to see that as just a random bad luck in my day that i got stuck here okay, I'll probably just be pissed about it. Right. But if I chose to see that everything the universe creates in my life was here for a reason, throw me. And I might sit there in the car and go, okay, apparently the universe wants me to work on patience again. Because <laughs> I suck at patience. <laughs> right? And When I come home and my kids have made a mess in the house, and I, I see it as today's classroom as, okay, this is the lesson the universe brought me today. Am I going to rise and be that more mature parent? And I'm going to make them clean it, but I'm going to make them clean it in a different way than if I just feel taken from, if I just feel lost.
4: Right. Mm, okay.
2: And and I'll, I'll give you another example. My I've got a 19-year-old son, and his best friend was in a snowboarding accident and, and became a quadriplegic at 19 mm. years old. And and so we've had this front row seat watching this 19-year-old kid who just lost the entire life he thought he was going to have. He'll never move from the neck down again. Mm. It's horrible to watch. But uh, but I've watched him go back and forth between these same two mindsets. One option is that was a random thing. he just jumped and he ruined his life. And his other option is that he didn't ruin his life. He's right exactly where he's supposed to be having the life that god or the universe meant for him Mm -hmm. and he didn't lose anything this is his perfect classroom journey to be here now which do you think he would suffer more with random or meaning random yeah it's way more painful than to than to choose to believe that things happen for a reason so I actually teach my clients just these two simple steps to practice all day, every day that will keep you out of fear of failure and loss.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So all day long, they're, they're practicing trusting that their value can't change, right. that they're the same no matter what happens. And number two, that their life is the perfect classroom for them all the time, no matter what happens. And, and if they're choosing that mindset all day, every day, you you stay in a more secure place, like you were saying, because mm-hmm. really you're not that at risk, right? And and you get to rise and be a mature, loving, better version of yourself when you feel less at risk. Mm-hmm. See, when we're in fear, it makes us selfish. We're worried about us,
3: right? So, it's all but when you're secure, yeah. you're
2: capable of finding your love. True. Makes sense. That yeah. makes a lot of it sense. Makes, makes a lot of sense.
1: When you sit back and look at it, just, yeah. you have to make that first. You have to make that initial choice decision, and it's in your response. How you respond to that particular situation. Because like you said, you can random or... Reason. Yeah. Reason. But we, do we yeah.
4: always go for the reason? No. It's always the always. random yeah. first.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know what I mean? It's always the <clears throat> random first. Yeah. You know, it's, we're always flying off the handle, then afterwards, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. want to go for the reasoning. Yeah,
4: yeah. Wow. Yeah. What,
2: Unfortunately, neuroscientists tell us 95 percent of the time we react to situations without thinking. Mm-hmm. Right. Our subconscious reactions drive, so we just react, and it's usually immature, fear-based reactions. Right. So what we're working towards, all of us, including me, every day, is to try to stay out of fear, so that I can choose a response that's based in love instead of letting a fear reaction drive my behavior. Wow. And we'll show so, up better.
3: to use a term, a psychological term, choosing to live life in that manner, would that would that um, would that relate at all to our um, flight versus fight um, natural response to things?
2: Yeah, I, I our fight or flight response is, is all fear. Both, both sides of that. Mm-hmm. We're either going to hide it escape it you know get drunk and don't deal with it or just avoid that person or that's flight and fight is confrontation right protect ourselves defend ourselves either way it's a fear reaction and and there's a lot of times in life we're we're in fight or flight because we just don't know another way okay and so you know my job as a as a life coach and Trainer is is to teach people that we do have another option
3: besides fight or and if you
2: flight. Practice just those two things in every moment. Anytime you feel yourself getting triggered, you're going to react bad.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Just go back and remind yourself that your value is not at, at risk here, and that this is just today's classroom from the universe. Right. And and that's all this is. You're okay, and you'll respond so much better. I'm going to try that. Awesome. I'm, gonna try I'm gonna make that. A,
1: I'm gonna make a conscious effort to try that. Yeah, Let's me too. For a week, We'll see. Yeah. Wow. Well, Kim, thank you awesome. so much. I really you you know how it goes. you have been you were named one of the top advice gurus in the country. So how can people follow you? How can people possibly get more one-on-one with you?
2: Yeah. Um. They can go to my website, ClarityPointCoaching.com. And and I tell you guys, we give away more free stuff on that website. We have all kinds of tools and worksheets and stuff just to help you get out of those fears mm-hmm. and and we know it's, it's a huge step it's, a, it's, it's work for all of us to be that mature right so mm-hmm. we need a lot of help Exactly. and there's all kinds of podcasts and articles and stuff for people to read just to help you get there
3: wow. Amen.
1: Well thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing some of your insight and information we really appreciate it like I said, I'm going to try that for a okay. week. I'm going, to try, I'm, I'm, I'm going to aim for a week first and see how that goes. I'm,
0: I'm going to, I'm going
4: to, bu- right, I'll be yeah. your buddy. you have been
0: my buddy. Yeah. My accountability. Yeah. You're your accountability. i watch them no, really <laughs> 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 <That's> <laughs> She got me super excited about going to my counseling section right. tomorrow. Yes. Yeah. I'm excited
1: about it. All right. Thank yeah. you so much. Thanks, Kim.
2: Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right.
1: Okay. We have a few more minutes. I'll, yeah. You, we never got to the situation ship. Do you fine, guys know man. what that is?
3: Um, kind of. Break it down. Okay, okay. So, a
1: situation ship is a catch-all term for those relationships sitting at the intersection of hooking up and in a relationship. It's a scary precipice teeter-tottering between more than hooking up and very much dating where a simple what are we can throw the entire system out of balance. Can you have a situation so, wow. if, if you um If you're married... No, that's cheating. You I think you could probably result, <laughs> result back into, which wouldn't be a good thing for the marriage, but I think you could result back to that. So if friends with benefits is platonic friends with sexual benefits, then a the situationship is a hookup with emotional benefits. There must be some feeling involved in a situationship, the guy says. If there weren't any feelings, it would be merely a hookup. But situationships, while often seen as Inevitable stepping stones into real relationships are problematic by, na- by nature. The hope of something more is always d- there dangling like a carrot um, over every late night you up or hey you. a bad word <laughs> meme or just thinking about you, blah, 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 blah. The emotional aspect um, differentiates um, into a no strings attached hookup while legit relationships are built on clear communication and understanding. Situationships are built on the absence of them. They're um, they're ambiguous in nature. Nature Normalizing situationships teaches people to lower their expectations and to take whatever they can from the partner because, hey, at least they like you. But sometimes that's not enough, and that's not okay. So have you ever experienced a situationship, or do you know somebody who has experienced one?
3: This is one of those times where I wish I could sing because I would put <laughs> on my best, best Erica Badu and say, uh, I'm in a situation <laughs> right now, uh, yeah, uh-huh. I like you, but you know I'm kinda with somebody, yes, yes you know, yes, uh, yes, yes, so I guess I said your next lifetime mm-hmm. um, I think when I was younger, uh-huh. I was in a situation shit, before we knew it that this um, funky little term was. Mm-hmm. I think if you're grown, if I can just be blanket, I don't have much to say. Mm-hmm. If you're grown, I think it's stupid uh-huh. to be in anything that's in between. In be- okay. You're too old for that kind of dumbness. Uh-huh. Either you're with the person or you're not. Either y'all just screwing or y'all not. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as limbo. Like, uh-huh. there's no such thing as purgatory. Uh-huh. It's stupid. That's crazy.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, that's just like when we had that conversation <laughs> about the my my term, the dog and pony show. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what that sounds like to me. <laughs> the yeah. Like, the dog and pony show. Like, you know i'm just going to give you show you the best of me for right now right. and then once we finish it's over i mean you're but not this, really showing you your have true to
1: have self it's an emotional nature. connection for the situation it's not like a hookup where it's a friend with benefits it's just purely sexual but there's well, then i have another emotions. song uh uh-huh.
3: by god you can have a piece of my love but <laughs> what
0: kind of what
3: what Wait. kind of emotion
0: like i'm in, like piece, i'm saying like, like i'm saying i'm in love with you and you in love you don't with want me that but you, I don't want the whole relationship.
1: You don't want that commitment. I found myself in that where, to me, when I try to sit there and rationalize about what am I feeling, is almost, you're almost what I'm really looking for, but not really. But you're better than what I don't have, if that makes sense. I mean, it doesn't necessarily make sense, but that explain what I'm feeling. I mean, you know, you're somebody, I kind of like you, but you're not necessarily everything that I want. But, you know, I'm feeling what we, what we have going here. Let me tell you I don't something. want you to say that I'm yours. and I'm not going to tell you that you you mine. And,
0: and I know You exactly. said you're about to tell me that I'm That's yours. That's what I'm saying.
1: That's how I'm feeling when it's a situationship. It's not, there's some emotion that I care about you. It's not all about the sex. It's not all about that. But it's not enough there where I'm going to say, okay. Well, wouldn't you call that like a start of a relationship? No. Because uh, right. I think the start of a relationship is, okay, I want to be with you. I'm going to see how this works out. This uh, I haven't made up my mind that you are necessarily the one, but. But what if the
0: other person made up their mind and
1: said that you're the and one? Often, I think often the time that does that, ha- that does happen. I don't think both people. So I guess it can be a two way street, but usually I think one person feels that way, and the other person is like, you know, you're who I want. As, as in my situation, the other person has been, you're who I want, and me it's like. Well, then
3: is that simply just dating when you're getting to know somebody, and sometimes, you know, I'm. I'm getting to know you and I'm connected to you. We've shared moments. We've shared some emotional things. You've cried with me. I've told you some vulnerable moments, but I'm not really completely sure if I want to, if I want to go further with you. Those are things that we kind of discover when we're dating people, Ooh. you know, we don't have to Do put a ship that? on it, but I was that was just going to make my things. Shouldn't you say that up front? But that's, this that's thing, thing right
1: here says, um, are a simple question, what are we? Can throw the entire system out of balance. So when you start asking those questions, okay, what are we doing here? I mean, what are, what are we about? That but what's so wrong
0: about asking that? Why would that throw that uh, throw what's a the age risk? group
3: of people going through these situationships? I know. Well, you know how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> people
1: go. <laughs>
0: well, I
3: okay. mean, because here's here's my thing. Mm.
1: Um, <laughs> the title believe... of the wrote thing was, and it was in an adult magazine. So, oh, right, okay, it okay, was okay, like, so. in, is the situationship ruining modern romance?
3: Um, I think a theme that we say a lot on this show. Mm-hmm. I think lack of maturity and communication mm-hmm. is ruining things. Yeah, and you don't have to. When I was um a long time ago, I used to be a singles ministry leader, mm-hmm. and one thing that we used to talk about when people were dating, we used to say this thing called tie yourself to an emotional tree. You know, if I've been dating you for um three dates, and I don't care if three dates have happened over three months, mm-hmm. if we have only. <laughs> gone out or shared time three times. I don't need to ask you where's this going after three days. But if we have been spending time and it's been consistent over six to nine months to a year, I think it's a valid question whether where you know, forget maybe not maybe not the question where is this going? Here is my intentions and how I feel about you. How do you feel about me? And if that person says whoa, 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 mm-hmm. I like what's going on yeah, here. Yeah. Why do we got to talk about what it is? Uh-huh. Then that's your answer. Yeah. You know, I really enjoyed you, but now I got to move on. Mm-hmm. Right, because you you have to give,
0: don't tie up my time. Right. Mm-hmm. You see, because there might be somebody else out there for me, so don't
3: tie but up my time.
1: That's saying that you're looking, you're, you're looking for a commitment.
3: But I have to verbalize whether I'm looking for yeah. one or not looking for one. Yeah. I think to just be in this limbo, mm-hmm. I, I guess that's what situationship is saying that, we just don't discuss it. We just kind of, we kind, we know we dig we each just other, in, but with we the don't. Flow. But we go with the flow. Mm-hmm. We two, y'all, going to because <laughs> <Just> right. But <laughs> if you, it's but if, but if both of them decide that that's cool
0: with them, mm-hmm. then that's cool with it. Mm-hmm. But then if I just start to get so involved and I start falling in love with you, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be like, where's this going? Because you're talking about we're a, almost a year in, and nobody said anything.
3: I'm gonna tell you right now that I I experienced a long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. That um I um was getting to know someone mm-hmm. for the getting for a to few know months you. right getting to know <laughs> and the first few months it was so exciting yeah you know I felt like they felt me I was feeling them you know there was sexual tension uh-huh. but we weren't going to go there uh-huh. you know uh-huh. um hallelujah you know because yeah. <laughs> because I'm so yeah <laughs> one day y'all I found my <laughs> senior book it is so embarrassing it's too much holiness in there but anyway. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna have to. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god, really? Bring the I'm not dancing to no hot mm-hmm. for anyone. Anyway, but um, and you know, we really and, and the conversations were great. The things that we talked about. They, then there was quirky things I didn't really like, but I but I liked him so much. I thought he was so cute, and I had this crush on him forever that I looked past the quirkiness. But then as the days and the weeks turned to months, and that was all we had. There was always this attraction mm-hmm. but then I started to fall off because I'm like I need more. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I want more with him. That's what I'm saying. And so That's what I mean. And so then I kind of I back and so what happened was what began to happen mm-hmm. is that you still it's kind of selfish in a way. You still wanna stay connected to him, but but then you, or you don't want them, but then you get pissed off if they don't want you the way you want them to want you. Maybe that's just my own thing, but I don't, it wasn't me. You own that. Thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I didn't want a commitment with this person. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then I get pissed off of myself, or I mean, I got pissed off of uh-huh. myself. Uh-huh.
4: I past ten Past tense. Right. <laughs>
3: I got pissed off of myself. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm like, why am I getting angry that this person is not doing what I want them to uh-huh. do? When in reality, I don't really want them like the, that. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's how you mean the person I want doing it.
3: Right. Right. You know I got you I'm and there. so there, I guess, in lies the issue mm-hmm. of being in the situation mm-hmm. and I'll tell you what I just said earlier. I felt stupid feeling that way <laughs> that, <laughs> that okay. is that is crazy
1: okay, okay, okay what, what about the silent treatment I'm, I'm the king that, uh, that, is, the, the that is the that is the rudest ruins. thing
0: in the world <laughs> to me i because i cuz it makes me so mad cuz i have to work at it right it's, and it, i i just had this conversation with my mom i have to work at being mad at a person mm-hmm. cuz i could be mad, mad at you but, like, in 20 minutes later, I'm not mad anymore. Mm-hmm. And that makes me mad. Mm-hmm. So, uh, people go around... Bless you. I know. People going around not speaking, mm-hmm. I think it's selfish. Just talk about what we have to talk about. Say what you got to say. And, and do some forward moving. Because not talking, what is that going to resolve? That's just like what the lady just said. You, you understand what mm-hmm. I'm saying? You have to value what is right mm-hmm. and handle it properly. Mm-hmm. And that's why... When people talk about, I'll just say, the Bible and, how, and it tells you exactly how you're supposed to act mm-hmm. and how you're supposed to handle conflict, how you're supposed to pray first and do all of these things. And then you see these people <laughs>
3: that yeah. do the exact opposite. Uh-huh. And you know that what? That doesn't make okay. any sense and, and Apollo, to me. And, what you said is so beautiful. Yeah. And yeah. anyone who has <laughs> to this show... You know that I'm a minister of yeah. the gospel. Probably, but and y'all are the worst. I was, <laughs> because, and I was about to say, but I have to admit that I'm a gutter snipe. Because uh. <laughs> I tell you when I the get... The worst. I'm, um, and and, I'm, and, and I'm, not, I'm not categorizing ministers, but I'm categorizing myself to mm. say that it is. It's a simple concept. It's a beautiful concept. And to pray, whatever your belief system is, is just saying, wait before you respond. You know, think things through. But I tell you sometimes, and, and it never, it has never been fruitful in the long run, but it feels so good mm-hmm. to give a good eye roll and a good silent treatment. And just in case you didn't know I was not talking to you, I will talk around you. Oh, really? Th- yes. Honey, <laughs> I mean,
0: I have done it. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Ooh, I mean, I, I felt, definitely have done it. It's I felt great yeah, when it was it's terrible. terrible. But, but then yeah. afterwards, I You're mean, Will. I told honey, you.
1: But because for me, in my last relationship, honey, we would go. Probably weeks and work in the same place and (laughs) And not
3: say it worked. How do you do that? It it, it, doesn't feel bad. I I I did feel
1: bad, I didn't. If I think for me, if I have a because I need a cool down, if we have a conflict, I need a cool down. I can't go directly into you can't come to me and say, What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? because we're going to argue. Let me cool down and then we can talk. But but you're rational though.
3: Let me tell you something when I get angry. (laughs) And my husband will probably say, that's the most honest thing you never said. But, um, honey, I didn't. The only reason I stopped giving the silent treatment, because that was the thing that my husband liked the most, me not talking. Oh, he said, really? I talked too much. <laughs> so if I gave him the so silent you were helping treatment, him. he was like, oh, peace. And that took me a while to uh-huh. realize, why he this side treatment is going on too long. Uh-huh. He just responded by now. Oh, you let me be quiet, so then I keep going. Mm. Then I don't give you your space, then you yeah, get see. pissed off. Mm-hmm. Like, you need me to have a cooling off here. you ain't cooling off. And <laughs> <ain't coolen> <laughs> <laughs> you know, but maturity says back in the day I didn't it, it didn't I didn't feel no ways tired. Mm-hmm. But now I'm checking myself because I'm raising an angry fourteen year old. Oh, yeah. You and know, that's from my mom. You know, yeah. she pissed off at the world mom. all the time. Mm-hmm. And um she is what she sees, you know. Yeah, see that's see. I grew up and in, in
0: my uh, we don't like arguing, my brothers and I. You know what I mean? Because you know when you grow up in that, you just you just don't like it. It's fear, right. you know what I mean? Because then it escalates into something else. So it's something that I really don't like, and, it, and it's due to my right. childhood. Even though you know I do argue, I can I can hold my own,
4: mm-hmm. but
0: you know that fear comes in. I don't right. really want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's that it's so sweet. it's I know, and it's not mm-hmm. in my husband say that He's and it's necessary. not necessary you know for you to carry on like that mm-hmm. um because you get no resolution from it because right. everybody's you know. talking and there's no resolution you're just you just more anger and you're not it's nothing gonna happen and then you, right. you walk around and you're not speaking but see what the only time it takes a lot a whole lot to get me angry and how you could tell I'm, I'm very angry is that I cannot catch my breath. Mm. I like, I start gasp, literally gasping for air. So yeah. Cause it takes a whole lot to get me, mm-hmm. me angry. Girl, not right? me. You're I got right? zero tolerance, yeah.
3: but I'm working on that because like I said, I don't, one of my fears is about my daughter. And, um, I don't know if anyone is listening that hears this. So if I get approached and I have to deal with it, um, I'll be extremely transparent for five seconds I potentially may even lose my marriage because of my my quick temper and my anger. Not him, not taking responsibility of my husband's issues, but I, you know, I have a zero tolerance, and I have because of the fear when I was growing up. It came from being a child. My mother was um, my favorite word. She was a guttiness night, but my mom, <laughs> <laughs> she, she was always pissed off about something, you yeah, know, uh-huh. and and I hated it. But unfortunately, unlike Paula, who is so sweet. I didn't say I, I I grew up with that and I didn't like it. I won't do it. I grew up saying I didn't like it but became it. You know, and um, and most, that's what happens. And, and it is. And most people who know who don't know me intimately, like you guys know me, but you don't mm-hmm. know me intimately, right. not yet.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Most people who don't know me intimately, they don't even believe that that side of me exists. That I'm this mean, zero tolerance, go for the juggler person. But that's who I am, and I don't, and I don't like it. I used to. Get a, a, a good chuckle out of it. But, I mean, when I see that my daughter is lacking self-value, self-worth, mm-hmm. and is angry at everybody, when I see the part that I've played and what could be um, the loss of my marriage, I, I think it's time to pull back and to let things go and face my own fears, whatever mm-hmm. those, well, they are. Face, like We were talking about that today. That's why I'm saying that. But face my fears and back off. Mm-hmm. you but know, I'm proud of you. Because that takes a big
0: person to Mm -hmm. admit that, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And that's the first sign on the road of healing, you know, because you see your reflection in your kid, what you you did. And it's not fair to her because she can take that in her marriage. Right. And see, like, well, my mom was just the opposite. My mom was like the sweetest thing ever. Yeah. You see what I mean? And I've never, in all the years, I've heard my mom raise her voice like maybe once or twice right. at, at us, you know what I mean? But I have seen her take so much. And then when I've seen her coming to her own, it was just amazing. But I I'm like my mother, you, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I adopted with my mother, but right. I, I never wanted to, I was told my mom, I would never get married because of all the things and that she, she had went through. Up, yeah. yeah. And all, and, and she took that like a G my mom, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And she's still standing. And, um, and she took care of my dad when he was really sick. I mean right. that. I, I mean that was commendable for all that she went through. But my mom always told me, "Don't base my marriage on what happened to. Don't base that you, on yeah, what right. what happened to me. Don't don't do it." Because I was like, "I'm uh-uh. and if it's like ever right. it looks like that, I don't want any part of that whatsoever." Right, right. You know. But I understand what you're saying. You know what I mean. And if more people were like that and backed off, you know, I think. Marriages and families would be a right, lot better Right, right, that. So, okay, you.
1: so I'm glad y'all brought that up That was good i let y'all do that Because uh, I need to preface what I'm about to say <laughs> So I'm about to put y'all on the spot The show is pretty much over But I was sitting in my car today And I was thinking about both of you Because I had to remember who was co-hosting And I was like, oh my God, I like being around them Because I've learned so much from you So I'm going to ask each of you In our closing intimate moments Yes, sir What, what, have, what, have, what have we learned from each other? And I'm going to start it off Rhonda, I learned from you. I learned from you because I know that you are a devout Christian, that you love the Lord with all your heart, and that you are a representative of Him officially. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I've learned from you is all Christians and people who are like that, they're, they're, they're not uncool. Because right. oh. I know you, I've learned you to be really cool, somebody that I can talk to on a real level. But I also respect your position enough that there are certain things I'm not going to say around you and do around you. Mm-hmm. So I recognize your anointing. That's what I've learned from you. From you. And oh, no. I have learned this, and you probably didn't think I listened to you, but I listened to. It. I haven't operated or um, done it in the, the in the setting that you want. But I learned from you that when things are going wrong, don't always run away. Um then you know, situation when I wanted to leave something, you were like, "Well, you, we can't always run from a situation." I've learned that you know I have to express my feelings and give people an opportunity to make it right. Um, and I've done. I did that today, even though it didn't turn out the way I wanted to. I went to the dermatology place and I voiced my opinion and gave them an opportunity to make it right, which in the end they did, but I, there was still some racial tension, I feel, that went mm-hmm. on. But I learned from you that. So. I
0: don't think I'm going to get through it because my eyes are already watering. Oh, mind
3: And my throat just locked <laughs> yeah. up. Will?
0: I, don't, I don't think I'm going to get through yes. it. I'll start with Rhonda <laughs> first. Um, I've learned from Rhonda that when I see you, I see nothing, but she tells you to enjoy your life. Mm-hmm. Um to be transparent, um, and even though you do serve the Lord, but you keep it real, yeah. you keep it 100. And I'm not afraid to say anything from you because you like a ride-or-die chick. Mm. You, you, you've you been there. You've done it, and you're not afraid to say what it is. And that's what I really love about you, and I learned from you the most. And that's what we have in common, and I really like that. Um, I appreciate you, though. I really do. I really appreciate you. Well, I'm not gonna get through it. I know i'm not gonna I'm not gonna get <laughs> yes, through it I'm not I've learned our relationship is was quick and it's been two years, but yeah. I've learned so much from will um a lot of confidence um by watching you and sewing into me and checking me but the, most of all, you get me mm-hmm. you understand me, and um I learned that I can do it um like what I'm doing now, you mm-hmm. know and keeping me on a straight and narrow and telling me what's right and telling me what's wrong and um you're a great leader. Well, and Oh I, no, I'm not I, gonna I, get through it. Yeah. <laughs> and okay. you're an amazing yeah. you're an amazing friend and confidant. Mm. And I'm just so glad that God put you in my life because I have learned a great deal and I do listen to what you say. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate everything that you've done for me. That's oh, wow,
1: oh, and you know what's so wonderful about that is because there are years ago when no one would ever say that about me. They would say that you are a selfish person. You only think about yourself. So to see what God and and He had to take me through things, life events, for Him to soften my heart, To turn me into a person. So that you don't know how much that means to hear. Yeah, that I mean, because it wasn't I, I sought to get those. It's just what the power of God can do for you.
0: See, when you have a relationship with somebody, and I have a lot of. Jesus, I have a lot of great relationships, and they—you can go to somebody and just talk to them, and they can just hear you and really right, hear your heart, right. and and understand you, you know. And the patience, um, friendship is just awesome and amazing yeah. and
3: everlasting,
0: yeah. and and that's what I feel
3: wonderful that's wow. what i feel about you y'all oh um, much i'm gonna say nothing no. <laughs> <laughs> um i guess I'll, i'm gonna start with with i'll start with paula um paula the beautiful thing about you is that um you know the phrase that there's more to it um don't judge a book by its cover mm-hmm. and that it's more to to is more than what you see mm-hmm. and it truly is you know when i first met you I didn't even know what to expect. I didn't, you know, I thought you were the restaurant owner, you know, <laughs> trying to get everybody together so we could be quiet, on the set, You know, and I mean when people say you're a jack of all trades or a master of none, but everything that you set your foot to, mm-hmm. your hand to the plow, you know, you you unapod- unapologetically do it. And what I learned from you, I don't know when you started this path, but it blesses me because you do not define yourself by where you are in life as as it relates to um to age if I can say it. Mm-hmm. You don't define yourself by that. You define yourself by what is it that I can be doing to make not just my life better, but the life of others around me. Yeah. And you don't feel like I'm in competition. I don't care about somebody that may be younger than me or may look this way, whether it's by um size, race, whatever, gender, you know, and um and you're so opening. Like so open you can talk about anything. You know, what remember that day we went to yeah. Starbucks mm-hmm. and you and I prior to that moment had never had any we were we were surface, you mm-hmm. know. And and I said, I don't know what it was that made her feel that she could be vulnerable enough to me and tell me something so that I would be able to pour and tell you and then always checking on me. And I know I haven't um called well, you, could. you know, but mm-hmm. to know that somebody is there for you. Without even knowing you, you know, and so what I learned from you is to that it's okay to reach into love and to care people, even if you don't, even you don't have a history with. Them. Mm-hmm. And I've learned that whatever it is that you're doing, nothing should stand in the way, mm-hmm. you know. Which is the same thing that I learned from you, Will. Mm-hmm. Is all these degrees that you have? First of all, you come from good stock. I met his brother. Oh yeah. And um, I think that you guys had to come from good stock because, you know, when I saw him and knowing you. And it's so much power. I feel like you're like a um this is a bad analogy, but I feel like you are a jack you are a jack in the box. Like somebody just kept turning Ooh. it and turning and mm-hmm. turning it. But situations too. You know, and yeah. but they stopped uh-huh. whenever you were about to pop out. Uh-huh. But as soon as you popped out, uh-huh. you've been like gone. Yeah. You know. You talk about like, in your 40s, and now you're doing all this stuff. I don't know what you were waiting on, but maybe you had to wait because there was so much power that you weren't going to be able to handle it mm-hmm. when you were younger. But it encourages me because I don't have my college degree. You know, um, I have these children, and you're always affirming me. Mm-hmm. And you affirm me two ways. One, by your own life. You know, because, you know, you don't... St- you, you're, you're starting, so to speak. Right. But you're competing with these kids who are coming from high school straight to college, yeah. but you still here, you done not graduate and you still got your show going on. Mm-hmm. You do it. So that affirms me. Cause if you can do it, I can do it. But you affirm me because you always tell me how great you think that I am. Oh, yeah. Even if I don't think that mm-hmm. I am. Uh-huh. And so, um, I've learned from you that, um, that God has definitely blessed you to be in a place of influence. Mm-hmm. And, um, I really echo what Paula said. You are an encourager. You are a major encourager and you are selfless. You Thank know, you. I mean, I'm glad we didn't know you when people would have said otherwise. Yeah. But if I'm a if I'm empty, which I was before I came here today, tonight, you know, I was a little empty. My my cup is overflowing being with the both of you. Oh, you know wonderful. Um Paula, it's not many women that we don't you don't always, especially black women. Like, when we agree, we agree. But a lot of black women, when you disagree, you pissed off. Now we got a personal issue. You ain't have to agree with what I said, but that do not mean you got to stop liking me. No. You no. know, and you don't ever do that. And I love that we can have, you might be the only person I can ever have passionate conversation to be on two different spectrums. And we're okay. Mm-hmm. We're okay.
1: No attitude. That, no attitude.
3: The, no, I'm, I'm not like That's, that.
0: Yes. No hidden agenda, no. you know. Mm-mm. I'm really transparent. I'm very transparent and what you see is what you get. Mm. It is wonderful. And, and that's that's just me.
1: I love oh, you, Will. This is good. Love y'all. I love, love you, y'all. Grinding. But you know what? The, the key to that is I know that I don't – I'm working on my personality, but I know smart business people, if they don't have it, they'll surround themselves with people. So if mm-hmm. you'll realize it, you and Paula are my number – Two people, no, two number one people that I have on the show. Right. Because you guys are amazing in my eyes. So whenever I know that I need that strength, I'm going to call Rhonda and I'm going to call Paula. And now Caprice, she's, I mean, I've always had good, I select people based on what they can bring to the show. Right, right, right. But you guys are amazing. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm so grateful. Like I said, we won show of the year. I don't win host of the year, but we won show of the year. Right, you guys right. are an intricate part. So I thank y'all. You're okay. Um See you on the 26th. That's the yes. last show. We're going to have fun. We're going to have a party. We're, we're going to have some food.
4: Well, i yes. crash it if yeah. y'all have food. Oh. Yeah, we're to <laughs> come crash it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but Mr. B had come. <laughs> oh. Okay. That's right, yes. <laughs> so until next week, everybody be
3: blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. Great show. Great great let's show. Face it Yo, it with, with
2: Will Strayhorn and friends. Please be sure to visit us on the web at letsfaceitradio.com and at Let's Face It Radio on Facebook for the latest in show information and exciting, innovating ways that you can be a part of the show. So tune in next week. Macy's Backstage has everything to help you get a fresh start, including active gear from brands you love. Reebok, Fila, K-Swiss, and more. Hurry in and find the best booties of the season, starting at 19 dollars And pamper yourself. Bring the spa home with fragrant candles, aroma diffusers, even salt lamps, starting at just 5 dollars Best of all, look for incredible markdowns in every department, all month long. Macy's Backstage, off-price, on-trend, arriving daily. Find your store at Macy'sBackstage.com.